You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy, 35, Dollar American. And representing Danscaping, it's Dan. Oh, shout out to Danscaping. Danscaping. Okay, Dan. It's the week I've been waiting for all year, you know, yep. for all the marbles of the East. It's UGA week. How y'all boys feeling? Oh, man, I'm pumped. You know, I'm ready. I'm ready. What about you, Daniel? You I'm, I'm ready. Here? I am 100% healthy and ready to do my job this Saturday. I'm going to cheer my ass off, Daniel. That's I, a- I am 100% ready to do my part. Daniel, before we get into all the UGA matchup, how was y'all boys weekend? How did y'all celebrate this uh, beautiful win by the Florida Gators this past I'm, I'm going to go first because Ahmad's going to one-up me, and I don't like living in a world where I get right. one-up all the time. So, <laughs> um, so I, had a, I had a good week and was able to take the boat out. Uh, yesterday, but I'll tell you what, I'm having some unbelievable weather here in Tampa. I've had the door open all day. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful oh, time yeah. here. I think it's the whole state's flourishing right now, Dan. Woo! I, mean, I am here for this kind of weather for the next yeah. seven months. It made me almost want to go buy a puppy because it's like it's a perfect time to walk puppies and shit. Man, it's nice out. Nah. All right, Ahmad, this is what everybody's been waiting for. Tell us about all the celebrities <laughs> and how much golfing you did and all that. Well, I, I kind of look like uh, Charles Barkley out there. I told Charles Barkley to hold my beer on the uh, golf. But um, I was able to go to the uh, Desire Cup this year, Desire Cup 2020. It was the 10th anniversary of the Desire Cup. If you don't know what the Desire Cup is, it's an event held every year um, to raise money for inner city kids uh, for, with Danny Werfel. Um, I was the uh, person who introduced all the Gators again this year uh, for the second year in a row. Um, we had guys like uh, Judd Davis, uh, Larry Kennedy Jr., um, uh, Gary Cope, Matt Laporta was there, Shane Matthews was there, Oof. Tommy Shannon, uh, Doug Oof. Johnson, uh, Coach Spurrier, Major Wright, and, and Danny Werfel, of course. So, and, um, and had, Major Wright's hair. Yeah, yeah. and Major Wright's hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going a little wild right now with so, the hair, man. I, I don't know what you got going on. What's up? What's up, man? I'm not talk to what. What else is the event? So is there like a banquet on at like yeah, Saturday so, night? Yeah. So, so yeah. So so one year, Danny Werfel and Herschel Walker signed the ball, and a bunch of people just you know uh, you know they bid on it and, and it raised a lot like a shit ton of money, like twenty five thousand dollars or some crazy. And they were, and Danny was looking at the ball one day, you know, and he was like, you know, let me get this uh, this football signed by the inner city kids who, you know, we've been helping and whatnot. So he was sitting there one day and he saw, he saw the ball that him and Herschel signed and he saw the ball that the inner city kids signed. And he said, well, what makes us different from the, these inner city kids? You know, what what makes our ball sell for this much amount of money and the inner city kids don't sell for that much? So mm-hmm. it's like an auction to try to sell that. Um, so the inner city kids ball and it went for like 25,000. Well, like the next year, um, the guy who, who bought it for 20, 25,000 decided to give it back to Danny and let him auction it again. So what happens is, so 
the highest bidder gets the ball for a year. Does that make oh, sense? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So every year they do it again. So it's so cool, man. It's just another opportunity. And, 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 and on a normal year, because uh, this year was a little bit different, but a normal year, it's it's so many people there, and you know they split it right in half, and you have Florida on one side and Georgia on one side, and you know we freaking you know come together and you know talk about old games and you know whatnot, and then the next day, um, it's the golf tournament, and you know we just go out there, you know hit hit um 18, 18 holes, and um at the end it's kind of like the round robin type deal, right? And uh you know at the end they, they, we decide on the winner or loser, man. But uh, this year we won. The last two years I went, we lost, so. Well, I finally won the Desire Cup this year. Dude, I love it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Sounds like a lot of uh, a lot of former Gators there. Glad you were able to go. Hopefully next year. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and I'm sure next year, uh, Silks and I's uh, invite won't get lost. I think this year, just with the, the mail-in ballots with the election and everything, I'm sure <laughs> our, 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 uh, our invitation's somewhere. I'm sure it'll come in the next day or so. So we'll, we'll be there next year. Don't worry. I think mine's uh, right where my All-American Brick is at. <laughs> <laughs> I got that amazing weekend. I should have did the uh, Ahmad, I mean, uh, the Dan approach and, and um, got mine out of the way. I put together some barber, barber chairs and chilled at the cush house a little bit at the studio. Okay. So I just did some work. That's all, man. man, yeah, I'll, man. I'll be honest with you. I'm excited to see you guys uh, in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, grand opening yeah, sure. November 14th, man. We're going to keep it, uh, keep it light, clean, fresh, and dapper. The way Dan yeah. like. You know I'm ready for that. You know I'm ready for that. All right, boys, we got a we got a big big show. We got Mike Farrell uh, from Rivals uh, joining us, and we got Brandon Sudge uh, who covers uh, Georgia joining us. Uh, but a quick shout out to our friends over at the Big Three Roll Up, uh, who powers Stadium in Gale. So check out the Big Three Roll uh, You can check out any merchandise. Stadium in Gale has a little bit on there, but all of the affiliate merchandise is available on there. But so. As a founding member of the Big Three Rollup, I do want to maybe go over a little bit uh, what some of the affiliate podcasts are on the network as well. Yeah, we have, uh, just so the people know, we have uh, several different affiliates on the podcast, whether it be Gambling West to Play podcast with Harrison and Jackson Raymer, uh, UF, Gator alumni. So if you're, if you're into gambling and don't know anything about uh, gambling and want to start seeing what the odds is, what the rumors is on the streets, What's the Play podcast? We also have Darian from Chill Takes podcast, uh, which is also a professional NBA, NFL-style podcast. And also, we have the Florida States and the Miami podcast with Storm Surge and all that, but I don't think you guys are interested in that. So those are just some of the ones. We also have Culture Uncut podcast, which is like an mm-hmm. urban podcast that's pretty dope. Um, we have a fantasy podcast called um, Mazio, okay. I think it is. Mazas. Mazas, Mazas, that's what it's called. I get I get that Italian little thing mixed up. <laughs> yeah, but check out the affiliates. I don't want to get too long-winded with that, but yeah, check out the affiliates and visit visit big rollup.com for any big three roll-up gear merch. Absolutely. And uh two other pieces of housekeeping notes. We want to make the announcement. We announced it on Twitter last week. Uh, but we are adding a once a month-ish uh podcast to the Stadium and Gale uh group of families and we're gonna call it facts only fax only uh, it's gonna be myself uh Corey Knowles Uncle Silk here and uh Connor Clark from rivals.com who's been on this show a number of times we're gonna talk about recruiting Ahmad if you want to make any special guest appearances <laughs> we know you don't love recruiting 
uh, but you're always more than welcome to hop on. But about once a month, we're going to come in. We're going to break down tape. Uh, we only have a, a little bit of time every episode to go over recruiting, so we want to make sure that we dive in uh, about once a month or so. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to try to do that live in Orlando where we do yes, some sir. video uh, and some other content for you guys. So super excited about that. And as always, feel free to check out stadiumandgale.com. We just launched the flagship forum. We're going to be putting a bunch of articles out weekly from a number of different writers. So shout out to all of them. We'll have all of them on at some point over the next couple of weeks and couple of months uh, to give them a quick shout out. Uh, but check that out. We have merchandise there. You can see our sponsors there uh, and everything else. So now that housekeeping's out of the way, let's give a shout out to our friends over at the Thomas Firm who always sponsors podcasts. They handle all your insurance claims for property damage to your homes or business. They're lawyers who have over 20 years of experience handling roof damage and leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, and fires. They work all over the state of Florida. So if you suspect that you have damage to your home, give the Thomas Law Firm a call for your free consultation. That's 813-221-2525 or tntattorneys.com. Again, 813-221-2525. Shout out to the Thomas Firm. All right, boys, big win over Mizzou on Saturday on the SEC Network alternate channel, which was nearly impossible to find. Uh, the Gators pull out a, a big win after a somewhat slow start where they're down 7-6 to six, uh, in the first quarter, but to end up coming out and, and blowing the brakes off of them in a game that uh, yeah. wasn't even as close as the score. So, Silk, give us your thoughts on the game. I have thoughts real quick on just uh, being that game being hard to find. So I had too much pride to ask uh, where to find the game on Twitter because that was going to turn into me getting trolled. So I didn't ask on Twitter, but I ended up having to download and start and pay YouTube TV just to get that game. <laughs> All right, I used Sling TV and they didn't have the alternate channel, so it was quite the hassle. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't um, happy about that whatsoever. So I, I, I got the normal. Uh... Cox uh, television, the Cox cable, and yeah. I, I actually stumbled on that channel by accident one day. All right, so I like, I like, you know, I hit the guy and then say SEC Network, and that's yeah. what I thought it was. And I'm like sitting there waiting for the game to come on, and like when there's no game on it, it's just like the SEC like little you know music yeah. playing or whatnot, you know. So I'm sitting there waiting for the game to come on, and I'm like, what the hell going on? And then I realized that, that it was the alternate channel. So I already knew we had it, you know what I'm saying? All right, all right. So I found it by accident one day. I didn't, I never even knew it was an SEC alternate channel, to be honest. What's nuts about my TV is the SEC alternate channel is not even near the SEC network. It's like 200 stations down yeah. from there. So, yeah. so, so hopefully this is the last time the Florida Gators, the flagship program, of the southeastern United States is ever listed on some channel called the SEC Alternate Channel. The boys put the fight, fight Felipe's on SEC, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's I'm crazy. telling you. Um, so oh, I want to talk to you a little bit about the game. Um, talk to us, give your overall impression of, uh, of the game. I want to start like the offense first, if y'all don't mind. Let's, let's do some offensive because I, I, I was hella proud of the defense, but I want to give everything, kind of break everything down a little bit. So offense started a little slow in the first quarter. We moved the ball fine, but we were stalled in the red zone, ended up getting six points. Um, that was the biggest thing, I think, in the, in the first quarter was just I don't think we were uh, playing bad football. I just think we set a little rust on us, but we moved the ball fine. Uh, we showed that we could run the ball. Um, we was explosive. We just got to the red zone and stalled, but by the end of the second quarter, all that kind of worked itself out, right? Um, yeah. Overall – I was impressed by every phase of the game. I don't think we're running the ball enough still, but um, 
I mean, we was able to, to run the ball when we had to, when we needed runs. Um, I thought we was vertical quite a bit. We got down the field. Um, I think Tony's is, is special. I don't think we got to get down the field all the time. If he can make that many people miss, I don't mind throwing as many bubble screens or whatever we have when you got guys like that that, just, that, that can just make guys miss, man. And I think just uh, Kyle, Kyle Trask makes some crazy-ass throws in the first half. Um, guys are covering, throwing back shoulder stuff. He's dropping the ball through the, the the sunroof to people, bro. Like, it's crazy some of the throws he's making, man. So, first quarter, like I said, we, we stalled quite a bit on those first two drives, but I wasn't nervous about shit, man. What, you about, what are your thoughts on offense? Yeah, everything, everything before the melee is what I want to get up to with the offense. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that, it, so you pretty much said it. Um, we was, was moving the ball uh, a little slow at the beginning. Um, again, it, we weren't nervous because I knew they can't keep up with us uh, as far as what their defense uh, <clears throat> was showing out there. But, you know, we got it done at the end of the day. Uh, we spread the ball out a lot. Um, we hit Tony when it mattered. I think um, we kind of was looking at Tony for the mismatches. I don't know if you guys seen that or whatnot, but I think that we were kind of going at him because he was drawing a mismatch in there. So um, I think that, you know, that, that, that allowed us to exploit their defense and uh, – I think Mullen will, will, will try to do the same thing in the future. I know, uh, you know, some games we go to pit, some games we, we got KT, some games we may go to Grimes, some games we may go to short, whatever. You know, we got enough guys to, to spread the ball out. Um, even Cope, Cope made a few catches. So, um, you know, again, uh, as long as we spread the ball out, man, and, and, and get the ball down the field, you know, like we said before the game, uh, we had to get the ball down the field and stretch the field, and I think we did that pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. No, you know, not, not a lot to say other than, you know, just a, uh, a great um, – you know, pretty good first half. You know, we weren't sure what the team would look like coming off of two weeks. Um, you know, stretch of not playing. Uh, you, you just don't really know. There was a lot of players that were missing, uh, you know, just across the board. You weren't able to practice nearly as much. So it was good to see them. Uh, shout out to uh, the backup kicker, Chris Howard, I believe is his name, uh, who made both kicks. You know, he's a walk-on. I've been with the team for four years now. So shout out to him and his opportunity uh, was two for two on the game and, and made every extra point. So shout out to him. Um, not a lot to talk about on the offense. I do want to talk about some of the changes. talk about the experiences of the offense. I think we do got some right. ups in the offensive line that, that well, yeah. I like to some new bodies on. I tell you. So that. that that's what I was just going to get to. And I, you know, I know that you said you wanted to talk up to the melee. And I think that's what we started to see some changes on the offensive line was a little bit later in the second half and then the third period. Uh, and then obviously in the fourth period when the Gators were winning, uh, we didn't see, uh, or we saw, we started to see some changes with Josh Braun, uh, who was the most notable. Uh, addition to that line where he replaced Stuart Reese at right guard, uh, getting 26, uh, getting 26 snaps. Uh, but you also saw Michael Tarquin uh, get his first action of the season. Will Harad uh, Kingsley, um, I'm not going to pronounce his last name at center. He got some burn. Griffin McDowell got some burn on the offensive line as well. So that's the first time all season the Gators have used anybody else other than the uh, five starters that they had in the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I think uh, some of these guys on the offensive line they are liabilities. I wouldn't mind seeing some younger faces and mixing that up. Um, but we got George on deck. We'll see what happens. Uh, so up to the melee. It, and hold on real quick. I had to take on same energy Sunday with a big three roll up. Um, somebody asked me if there, was, if there were maybe any like smoke or, or things in the locker room. And I don't know any of any smoke or any bad vibes. I think the vibes are great. But I think one of the obvious things I seen while watching the game, and I said it on Sunday morning, 
was the body language of uh Trayvon Grimes. Um mm-hmm. the obvious frustration there. Um I think and and, and uh, we read something last week from Saturday Down South when they spoke to the staff and in that bullet point they had one of the, the mandatory things that they wanted to get done was get Trayvon Grimes the ball more. So I think getting Trayvon Grimes the ball more and I think he's uh been a little mouthy about or, or expressing himself about wanting the ball more in and down the field. So I think that's why um that was on that little docket last week of things they wanted to improve on. And, and you've seen the body language. If anybody's paying attention, yeah. it, was, it was clear. Even when he scored his touchdown, was that in the third pre- or third quarter? He didn't look happy that he scored. I don't know if it was a relief thing. Uh, and we talked about it last week on the show is, um, you know, they wanted to get the ball. They wanted to move the ball to the air or through the air to Trayvon Grimes, especially on deep routes. And I said, hey, guys, I just want them to get whoever in the best position is. I, You know, I think Trayvon Grimes is a hell of an athlete, but I still don't think he stepped up the way that, you know, we thought he would, both from a leadership perspective or from just an overall skill set perspective. I think that he's good, and I think that he's solid, and I think he is a mismatch, but I don't think he's a massive mismatch the way that, you know, Kyle Pitts is, or obviously Kadarius Tony is. And, you know, Florida has seemed to really push the ball his direction. Um, he's third on the team in balls thrown at him, uh, 21. Um, but he also is the lowest on the team in terms of number of passes that have gone his way that have been caught. Um, he's only caught 11 of those 21. So it's, a, I think, a 52.4% uh, ratio. Which I is think that was right. frustrating is the passes that or the routes he's been sent on and, and, mm-hmm. and when he's getting the ball thrown at him. I think I think it's, um, it, it looks forced, bro. It don't look like right. – you see what right. I'm saying? Like, he'd he be almost covered like a blanket, and then we throw him the ball. So it's like, is it, are, we doing, are we doing that because he's getting frustrated? I don't want to make this sound like it's, it's something bad with getting. Yeah, frustrated. yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's fine with like receivers yeah. get frustrated with the play. Like, yeah, like hell yeah. Give me the ball. That's give me the ball. Yeah, give me the ball. I like right, 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 right. the ball. Like, right, he's not right. having a cancer or no nothing like that, bro. I'm fine with him saying. And I don't, I don't think he had cancer. Bro. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think he had cancer. I don't think he's a cancer. And I want to hear both of your thoughts on on this as well right after. I don't think he's a cancer either. Uh, but I think the one thing that you'll notice under Dan Mullen's offense, just ever since he's been at Florida, or not just at Florida, since he was an offensive coordinator at Florida through Mississippi State and then now at, uh, at Florida again, is I don't think you're ever going to get your true number one possession receiver that gets – all of these snaps, I think that, you know, they're going to constantly move the ball down the field. And I think that, you know, he, he can be frustrated. He's certainly allowed to be frustrated, but I'll it even when he does make a play. And I think that that's, that's what I think fans are noticing and wondering, Hey, you are getting passes your way. You are getting opportunity. It's not like they stopped going your direction, even if it hasn't always worked out. So, you know, I think the body language speaks volume, especially in a leadership role. When you've been like I said, here, Dan, for, I don't think it's ball, I don't think it's just the balls going this direction. I think, bro, I want to go on deeper routes. I think that's his, oh, his, his thing. That's what I meant to ask. It, it was it was a question to you guys. You guys both play defensive back, but obviously because you play defensive back, you've studied that wide receiver uh, position a, a lot as well. Do you think? that that could potentially hinder Florida's future recruitment of players um, at no. that possession wide receiver because they do a lot of slants. They do a lot of, I don't want to say even post, they do a lot of just kind of across the field, kind of get the ball out quick. No, I think, I think Dan adjusts to, to his talent of, of his okay. quarterback. Yeah, what he got. Yeah. He's just to the talent of the, the skilled players and, and, and the guy at the helm with the, at the quarterback position. And that's where we at right now. Um, we're going to go off wet. What Cal does best, 
when it's when it's when it's Emory's turn or it's Anthony Richardson's turn, you're gonna see a different type of offense because they they could go vertical a little a little different. But no, nah, I don't think it'll affect our recruiting. I think we've recruited receiver wise. I think the draft will keep churning guys out. Guys mm-hmm. keep getting drafted, and Billy will keep doing this thing. Because I think that that's my only concern. And Ahmad, I want to hear your thoughts as well. I know that I've kind of overpowered this conversation, and I don't mean to. No, um, is I'd be curious to know, you know, if Trayvon Grimes is frustrated because he wants to, because he feels like his value is more on vertical routes, or is he not able to, or does he feel frustrated because Kadarius Tony is able to maybe make the, you know, move the ball in space a little bit more. Some of these guys are maybe uh, a little bit better. Uh, it ain't even that because they, they play two different, totally different positions, you know, even though they play wide, both play wide receivers. So, um, Kadarius Tony is playing a slot receiver, which is kind of designed him to get, get mismatches on linebackers and whatnot that, that create space. Um, it's a little bit harder to do that on the outside. And, I don't think he he he's frustrated probably going deep and whatnot. I just think, man, this this dude is, is getting balls basically forced to him, force fed to him. Um, <clears throat> you know, I I I feel like he, you know, it may be the choice of routes. I don't feel like he, you know, yeah, he wanna go deep all the time. But, you know, I just feel like the the time that we do throw him the ball, it's like he he got defense draped all over him. Well, it's all to me. It's all. It feels like it's always the crossing routes, and they're always like bang bang. Or like or like comebacks or something. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. Yeah, I feel, I feel yeah, like when, I, I feel like when we are successful with him, it'd be off screens or something like that. Or, you know, he he make a guy miss or something. You know, that anything else is 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 like it's every time we give him the ball. I mean, it went down the field, um, but they call that 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 BS offensive pass interference. But that yeah. was critical, and he got busy on that man. Yeah, he, he did. He, did. Ball. he is good with that back shoulder uh, fade though. Yeah, I mean, he can make them plays. So I just think a lot of times when you have those bang-bang plays and he's a little frustrated, a lot of times, like, it's the crossing routes and the hitches, things of that nature, man. But it's yeah. – some frustration is fine. Like, people sure. want to make it like it's toxic or he's a bad teammate or something like that. Frustration is, is totally fine. Uh, yeah. We've seen Copeland frustrated. We've seen Tony frustrated. Like, they're receivers, man. They want the ball, you know. It all comes with the position. It's all good. Yeah, and the, and the numbers, um, and, and we can move on from this. Just kind of a, just a quick analysis of looking at Kyle Pass or uh, Kyle Trask passing uh, directions and where he's gone. He's thrown 150 passes on the season. 78 of them have been in between the numbers, and only what is that 22, 24 have gone on the outside left hand side where where uh, where Grimes is normally lined up. So obviously playing predominantly favored down the middle, which I think is okay. I just you know, I, I would hate to see that potentially rub off on him. But, you know, hopefully with him scoring that touchdown, uh, you know, kind of shook it off. I know he wasn't celebrating. A lot of fans were calling that out. Um, but I would love to see, you know, some of that energy and, and hype up because I think that, you know, attitude does reflect, um, you know, in your leadership capabilities as well. So, anyway, moving on, would love to see him happy for him. Um, definitely a mismatch on the field and good for the Gators. Um, but then the last play of the second half – or, pardon me, last play of the second quarter – uh, Kyle Trask gets hit. Uh, some people question where that hit was, uh, but he got hit right after he threw the ball. In my opinion, a bit of a late hit, but a bit of a bang bang play. Uh, has a guy hit him from the front. There's a guy standing right behind him. Uh, right after Definitely that late. happens, there's no question about it. anybody that's in his legs. Yeah. Like like they was fresh off some sauce, man. Yeah. So um, so bang bang play. Uh, right after that, Dan Mullen runs in between two uh, of the referees and then immediately goes and yells at the head referee uh, who was talking to Trey Williams. Uh, at the time, Dan Mullen is screaming, yelling, 
Uh, and then all of a sudden, insanity and a melee ensue. Uh, Silk, Ahmad, you guys played. You guys were there. Talk to us, and Ahmad, I know you have some takes on defending the quarterback, but talk to us. I want you guys to kind of give your, your opinions on that. So at first I thought – I mean, we, we didn't know that he – you know, it was hit. So at first I thought it was just some, you know, we out there fighting and I'm like, damn, bro, that's crazy. You know, we better than that, but they showed a replay, man. He's, they hit our quarterback. Um, damn, you said it's bang, bang. I don't know about bang, bang. There wasn't no damn bang, bang, dog. He threw the ball and almost, almost followed <laughs> yeah. through, bro. What you mean? Yeah, like, definitely late. Yeah, that wasn't no bang, bang, bro. That shit was late, bro. And then on top of that, it wasn't no flag. So, so we just supposed to let him just run in the locker room and be, be okay with that shit, Dan. Like, nah, bro. No, I, I, like, I don't think, I think, I think, I think, I don't know. I'm not mad at where we handle it, but I don't like the way we handle it, bro. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I'm going to be a little bit more heady and not go out there and risk, like, the biggest game we got on our schedule the next week. You know, um, I understand why Mullen did what he did, and we need to protect the quarterback. And the refs should have did a better job. They, they did a terrible job that whole first half. Mm-hmm. Like, like, forget right. just that play. Like, we were robbed. Like, I, like we talked about the, the Grimes play, and it was other plays where we were robbed on. Yeah. And it, it was some terrible officiating going on, and that was just another case of it at the end. I'm not happy with the way, like, Dan went out there and got everybody a little hyped up. You know what I'm saying? I ain't mad at it. I'm also like, bro, that was risky. We could have lost a lot of players, dog, and, at a time where Georgia's, they're vulnerable. You know, I think like you gotta look at the grant, the big scheme of things, man. Like, um, if you that mad, bro, fuck their quarterback up next half. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. get them back like that. But that, I mean, it, it cost us Zach Carter for this first half of this Georgia game. Um, right. and we need to stop the run, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So this is uh, these are my thoughts. So Dan Mullen admitted that he didn't know that he got hit late. Kyle Trask got hit late. I would imagine uh, Dan Mullen was watching the pass that was thrown to, I believe, Kyle Pitts. When that went down, Dan Mullen, I don't know because he wasn't mic'd up. We don't really know. Uh, let me just say, whoever was filming the game did a terrible job the entire game of doing everything. But anyway, yeah, they was so drunk we, show for sure. Yeah, so we don't know totally what was said. I don't know if Dan Mullen was yelling about that or yelling about what, but I do want to clear up a misconception because there's a lot of people, Stuart Mandel, Barrett Sully, a number of others you know, thought that Dan Mullen started a riot, and I don't think that he did. Um, I don't think that he handled it correct um but i i also don't understand how people don't see that he's yelling at the main referee they're like he yell he ran past two other referees he's like no there's there's only one guy wearing a white hat and that's the guy that he had a problem with so i'm not sure what he was fighting about or picking over i'm not sure if it was the, the late hit or not and about, i didn't mean a bang bang as in you know it, it wasn't you know a late hit or not but it, it was well, yeah, you know, slowed down it's a little bit different than, a, than it wasn't in, in fast motion but anyway so long story short the melee does happen. Um, I guess where my biggest frustration comes in is that these guys have to know how big of a situation that throwing haymakers makes it, right? right. Um, they could have been suspended for far more than just the rest of that game and the, the first half of the next game. That's when you can talk about multiple you know, game suspensions. You can talk about much bigger fines. You can talk about head coach fines. You are uh, head coach suspensions. You can talk about a lot more. Um, so I don't think that Dan Mullen put his team in the best position to avoid that either. I don't want to blame Dan Mullen, but I think him being over there caused the team to move that direction over to him. And, you know, I appreciate the fact that he defended his players, it's, but also. I mean, this is Mullen's bag, but it's not the first time Mullen's done. He did this with Derek Mason versus yep. Vandy. 
Y'all yep. listen to this bag a little bit. This time it just got a little a little carried away. You need to be careful. I'm going to tell you one thing. I like the way our team responded in the second half afterward. Yep. Yeah, for sure. For That's sure. We fact. definitely came out on fire. Right. But, um, um, let's talk about the defense. What's yeah. up? I'm so, not done with the offense, but we I, I'm damn sure ready to talk about the defense a little bit. Any do you want to talk about anything else about the offense in the second half? Um oh let's get out overall. Like what, yeah. who, uh, anybody stepped up, any any special plays that y'all seen, MVP of the game, Kyle Trash uh breaking SEC records with, with 18 touchdowns in four games. Um he gotta be in the Heisman talk. I don't care what nobody say. He's playing great ball, man. So shout out to Tony, he got three touchdowns. Um uh, just a triple threat. He's looking awesome on punt returns and all that, man. Um, all the running backs look good with the ball in the hand. Malik has that fumbling issue, man. But when he catches that ball, it's yeah, crazy. I, I can't, I can't lie to you. So, I, I, you know, we just, we, you know, we protect the football, and I'm just, I'm just a bit huge advocate on protecting football. We yeah. protect the football. We, you know, we we got guys that can make make stuff happen with the football, bro. But right. you know, when we put it on the ground, it, it hurt us, and I, I, I don't think we're we're that good to beat teams while doing that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I like uh, Soko, what you were saying about Heisman. Uh, Kyle Trask is currently tied for fifth with Devontae uh, Smith from Alabama uh, in the Heisman race behind Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson, who's the QB uh, at BYU. Uh, so he's definitely right there in the uh, the mix. Um, I really like what I see out of Naquan Wright. I like the way that he runs. I like the way that he catches the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I truly think that he's going to be a special player for Florida. I am curious to see about the way that they play Damian Pierce. It doesn't seem balanced uh, very much. They seem to play him a lot in the first, and then they seem to play him in the fourth quite a bit. I don't know if it's because they want to wear teams down and then use him as kind of a bruiser, but they definitely haven't used him in the way that I thought they, that he would this year. I don't think that he's a, a true QB1. I think that he's the starting QB, but uh, you know, I'm surprised that they, they haven't used him more this season. What, what did you say? QB one, our RB one. I'm sorry, RB one. Oh, bro, I was, yeah, you threw me off a little bit there. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> I, had, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Shout out to uh, Justin Shorty got his uh, got a touchdown. Um, I like he just he's such a big frame. I think next year yeah. Kyle Pitts is going. I think he falls into that role that that Kyle Pitts role. They have yeah, such he, a similar build. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he's definitely a a guy that we could definitely put in the Kyle Pitts role and and, and not miss a beat. So. Um, look for him to to step right in. He got great speed, great size, and mm-hmm. um, and looks like he can uh, definitely have some short hands. So, yeah, uh, Jacob Copeland uh, had sixty seven yards on the game as, uh, as well. Kadarius uh, yep, yep. Tony, I mean, human joystick out there. Uh, a number of other guys were were able to get some opportunities. Ken Zipper got a catch as well uh, in the game. Let's talk about the defense. Talk about, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I don't know. We almost missed something very important. Uh, Anthony Richardson came in to oh. do some. some um, some utility work um, in the head of, I mean, we all thought that Emory Jones was out the game and uh, wasn't going to play. And then he came in late in the fourth quarter and got some tick. So what do we make of em- um, AR coming in and, and getting those snaps with the, with the running the ball and whatnot? I, it, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, we always said that, you know, Anthony Richardson is the ideal Quarterback, you know, for for Dan Mullen's offense, you know, even though we had Emory Jones, but you know, we kind of, kind of always kind of figured that Emory would be that the number two guy, obviously because he's been here and, and we've seen him. Um, so I don't know what that's all about. So, you, you, what you think, Dan? Uh, I think that he looks the part. I mean, that's that. That's I mean, best looking quarterback. That, that's, how, quarterback. that's how you start, right? Right. That's how you start, um, right? I mean, he he looks that part in that number two. Um, 
I wasn't necessarily with Emory Jones coming back from, from being hurt and injured. Uh, I wasn't surprised to see him come out, um, especially because this year doesn't matter in terms of eligibility. Um, but I, you know, I think that Dan Mullen, I think that Emory Jones, you know, assuming Kyle Trasco is pro, I think that Emory Jones is still the likely candidate to start over uh, Anthony Richardson next year. But Anthony no, looks the part. I don't think there's any any indication of anybody getting passed on the depth chart or anything like that. I just think Anthony Richardson is – I don't know how healthy Emory Hand is, but they put him out there, so I'm assuming he's healthy. But I don't – I just think he's a, that much of a better athlete and runner that um, they want to give it a look and, and try it out and see what it looks like. But I wouldn't be surprised to see some Emory and some AR – or, or if they're going to they're gonna go with a running quarterback to mix things up versus Georgia. Right. I'm expecting that to happen. Yeah, no, I, I really like, um, you know, what, what you have in the potential of Anthony Richardson. We obviously weren't able to see a lot out of him. We still, you know, there's still a lot left to see about Emory Jones, too. But I love the potential of having a guy out there that can sling the football but also is mobile. Um, you know, it was great to see Anthony Richardson. Excited to see him get out there. Uh, excited to see what they're able to do with him next week. You know, that that George defense, and we'll talk a little bit more about it with Brandon Sudge, but that's a vaunted defense. Yes, they're going to be missing some players, but they still got four stars and five stars all over that defense. So I'm curious to see how Dan Mullen uses them uh, on the uh, uh, in that game next week too. So, but uh, shout out to AR for his first uh, his first time. Yeah, man, he looks the he looks the part the part. I'm excited about that, man. Yeah. Um... So and defense. then shout out, and then shout out to the guys on the offensive line. Um, do you guys want to touch on that briefly? You know, Josh Braun. I know we mentioned it briefly, but Josh Braun yeah. did take over for Stuart Reese. Uh, do you like what you see out of Josh Braun? Or I'm a big Braun fan, man. I I, I, I thought as I, well, I said in the offseason at some point, I think he by the end of the season he'd be starting. So um, yeah, I think we need we need that attitude on our offensive line, some bullish stuff. And the one thing about our offense, I don't like when we start in the first half. I don't like how we go finesse in the red zone. I think we need to get a little bit more physical in the red zone and not be tossing the ball around three downs in a row. Um, so that's just one of the things I didn't like from the offense. Um, when we okay. did saw the lack of running in the red zone. Yep. Florida is 21 for 21 uh, in the red zone this season, but Silk, I would agree, especially in those first two uh, where they settled for field goals. The, uh, the play calling just didn't seem, uh, didn't seem right there. And I don't know if it's a, a question of uh, some of these receivers ability to maybe get off, a quick block without a lot of time. Shrinks. It feels shrinks in the red zone, so you right. gotta run the ball a little bit. Like it's it, it like that back that end zone that is, is it helps the defense. Right, you know you can't take my top off. It's, it's different vibes. So you need to run the ball. You need to get physical. I know he wants to do that from the quarterback position. That's what Dan Mullen does. So eventually that changes things. But that's just my opinion on it. Yeah, uh, but let's talk about defense. Obviously, a number of starters uh, were out, including Marco Wilson. Um, let's see who else was out. Uh, thir- or, um, um, you had Donovan Steiner, uh, who was out, and then Sean Davis, who was out. But Kyrie Campbell did return, which puts Zach Carter back to his natural position, uh, as well as Brenton Cox back to his natural position. Uh, and I think we saw that the defense like we talked about last uh, last week with Kyrie Campbell it's not that Kyrie Campbell is an incredibly you know huge difference maker at the defensive tackle position or nose tackle position as much as he is allowing players to go back to their natural position and you saw Zach Carter and Brenton Cox wreak some havoc at their natural positions yeah I was impressed by uh, the by Brenton Cox big time um 
had a moment again where I thought he was a little injured and banged up, but man, as the game went on, he was explosive coming off that, the edge. That was at the beginning, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. worried. I was yeah, worried. I, I was worried a little bit till I seen him. <laughs> till I seen him make a couple plays, and I said, "Okay, cool." And then, you know, maybe you know he just got banged up a little bit, but um, you know, I'm with you, Silk. I definitely uh, saw those guys running around making plays. Uh, I think I seen Moon on on a, on a couple plays. Yeah, you got him a sack, I believe. Yeah, so so this guy's flying around. Silk, so, to me. I just felt like we had a, a, a different vibe to us. Like we we really came out here and wanted to play this week. You can say what you want to say, and 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 we was nervous because the secondary was a little bit thin, especially with Trading getting injured as well in in the game. But then us out a little bit. But those guys that we put in the game came in and made plays. They knocked the ball down, and that's what we need. Don't let the other team catch the ball. You can try to catch it. Don't let them catch it. One thing about it, man, I want to give it up to 22, man. Shout out to Travis Johnson. That kid's going to be a football player. For sure. For sure. Ball, he came up and got motherfuckers to the ground. Uh, excuse yep. my language. But I think Travis Johnson looked very good as a true freshman out there running around, just being a football player. He was in the mix getting busy, man. So, uh, Jaden Hill held his own, man. Uh, did yep. more than enough. The walk-on, what's his name, Waxman? More? Yeah. Which one? I, I believe so. Uh, so, so Travis Johnson's uh, 16, uh, Richard Torrance is 22. Richard Torrance, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Richard Torrance, I, I apologize. Yeah. 16 going to be a player too, though. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, they, they both are. Richard Torrance. I got my names mixed up. No, you're good, man. You're good. Um, we, we also saw quite a bit more of uh, Josiah Pierre. Uh, he, he played 10 snaps. Kamar Wilcoxon uh, gets his debut. He recovers a fumble. Uh, after two kind of boneheaded uh, personal foul calls earlier in the game, uh, Silk, I know you were uh, wondering who number twenty six was, uh, but he made uh, <laughs> a recovery uh, at the end. And then, like you said, I wanted to give him a shout. I wrote here in my notes: Rashard Torrance uh, just really played great ball uh, yesterday. And, and shout out to Jalen Lee, uh, who was also able to cause that forced fumble. But I thought that he played uh, exceptionally as well. Yeah, when you're down to walk on on DBs, and I'm like, hey man, get that guy who that that dumb penalty, get him out of here. And I'm like, oh, it's a DB. Yeah, <laughs> running back or something. Nah, let's just keep him. Yeah, bro. There is there is one guy I want to shout out, and then Amon, I want to hear some of your thoughts. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it because uh, it kind of happens toward, towards the end of the game. Uh, but I think Princely Uman Milan is going to be an incredible player. I mean, that guy's got some jump. Off. Um, that, that he's going to be good with some time in the weight room uh, and the ability for him to uh, to learn the playbook a little bit more. I mean, I think Florida is fast and physical uh, moving forward, and I'm excited to to see a little bit more of him. Did we, did you see anything scheme wise, Ahmad? That we that we changed up? Uh, I didn't see a lot of thirty on the football field either. But other than that, uh, we've seen different personnel because of sickness uh, and whatnot, COVID. But I, did you see anything? I just. More? I, I didn't see nothing scheme-wise, but we talked about it just a few minutes ago. Our pass rush was better. So, as we said before, when the pass rush come together, it kind of helps us on the back end as well. So, I'm not saying those guys play super spectacular, you know, than, than they have been in the back end, but I will say they had help from the front seven as well. Um, and, and, and we can also say maybe they did play a little bit better and got the front seven to get some pressure. So, um, everything went hand in hand. These guys played their ass off, Dan and, and, and Silk, man. Yep. And I'm so I'm so proud that you know these guys trying to. That, hey, but but this is a different week. So um, you yep. know Missouri Missouri game is over with. You know this is a different animal right here. 
Yeah, I thought I thought like scheme wise, it looked like we pressed like I I, I um we were playing them soft ass zones in my opinion. It looked like we was a little closer to the line of scrimmage, and we uh even with with with, with Jaden Hill and the young guy and the walk ons, it just looked like we played uh, closer to the line of scrimmage and more aggressive, and we was in position. And also pre snap, it, it, it like everybody seemed to be on the page. The communication seemed to be on. Yeah. Play. Yeah, and I don't know what the, what to attribute that to. I don't know schematically. Yeah, we saw, so who knows? Yeah, who who knows? Uh, but it did seem, like you said, Silk, that they they were all on the same page, which is something that you know we had talked about consistently. I think every episode we've had is there's always seems to be confusion pre-snap on defense. And this time, I don't know if they just overly scouted Mizzou to a point where they knew what they were going to do. But they seemed to be ready and they were able to make plays too. But I think, you know, getting a guy like Brenton Cox back into his natural position, he gets a sack, wreaks some havoc, you know, throughout the game. You see it with with Princely. Um, you know, I think Lloyd Summerall uh, did some stuff as well. You, you saw some, uh, and I'm just trying to remember off of uh, off memory here, but you saw some guys really starting to get to the quarterback uh, and create some havoc. I think uh, looking it up, Brenton Cox had five pressures on the quarterback. Jeremiah Moon had a couple, like you said, Ahmad. So they were able to get there. They were able to force him to make plays and to make throws. And if Florida wants to beat Georgia next week, they've got to force Stetson Barnett to throw the football as well uh, by getting pressure. But they just looked like a different team i in florida uh allowed missouri to only go what three for uh three for 16 or or so on the uh on the game let me pull it up here i just so i have it but it's the lowest uh that they've allowed since the auburn game last year where auburn only went two of 14 yeah they were four of 13 for 30 percent. so you know everybody was talking about you know third and grantham third and grantham for the last two weeks and you know i think that he he bought himself another week of uh of paychecks um yeah, I think one of the key one of the things I wanted to watch, especially going going before going into the Georgia game, was uh I thought I thought uh Missouri was a team that wanted to possess the ball a lot, run the ball. So I wanted to see if we were able to stop the run, get off the field on third downs, especially before going to Georgia, because they're gonna have a similar game plan. And um so that was encouraging to see us be able to get off the field and we stuffed the run pretty good. Um I just a question I have for y'all. Like we seen the defense be, look a little different with guys out. Um, and there was, there was veteran guys that were out because of, I mean, so-called injury, right? And the rule is nine times out of ten, you can't lose a job for injury. So what do you guys, Ahmad, specifically, what do you think you're going to see in the secondary next week or this week? Um, I mean, we kind of can see what, what, what other guys can do. You know what I'm saying? And not saying completely, you know, exchange these guys and, and, and put the guys that we just had in. Um, but we we can't ignore what what just happened. You see what I'm saying? So um, those guys that is coming back this week will add more depth to our our team, obviously, because um, we thin on the back end. Um, but I, I think we should start working these guys in as well. I mean, because these guys, you know, want to play some football. Mm-hmm. Dan, you expect to see you expect to see Steiner and Marco back out there starting? I do. I do. Um, and I think that that's the stubbornness of Dan Mullen and, and Todd Grantham. They are seniority guys. Yeah. However, I do think Jaden Hill has earned more playing time. Um, I think that you saw that, the, you know, I think Jaden Hill starts. I like Jaden Hill. I like the way that he played. I mean, he's a guy that really is a solid physical cornerback the way that you're used to seeing at the University of Florida. And I think that he's earned the right to go out there and get, get some playing time. Hey, I so, just don't think that he starts. Hey, so, but watch this, though. 
Jay Hill has been starting before, and we still have who gonna play the who gonna play the star. I mean, that that's the key position. I think, like I said, I think Jay Hill start outside opposite of of Kyrie. He's been doing it most of the season. If you like, he's been yeah, yeah he's been starting. Now, gets a little weird. Like starting don't even really matter as much as how many who played the most reps. Right. I don't like who started the game. Don't really like. Right. Tickle my fancy uh, uh, that much, bro. I don't want to see who played the most snaps. So I think Jaden Hill snaps need to be uh, par with with Kyrie Elam, in, in my opinion. Now that star position is tricky, but and, and um, I I don't I think I think it, it, the the way we looked on defense in the secondary was leaps and bounds ahead. We looked at any game like you know what I'm saying like we looked like a football team. Mm-hmm. Hill making tackles, guys were making plays on the ball when the ball was in the air. Um, guys, we haven't even seen touch the football field before, man. So it was just a a, fre- a a breath of fresh air just seeing guys compete and not be out of position and confused and, and just holding their hands up out the big plays, man. You you had thirty players play snaps on defense uh, this past game. Um, I think Rashard Torrance has earned himself some playing time uh, in this game. I thought that Brad Stewart played pretty well uh, at times, especially um, in because he got he should have been cooked on, but uh, right. It was a little long on the pass. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there were some times that he stepped up and, and made some plays, but I think he earned himself some playing time. Um, but I think that that Trevez Johnson uh, has also earned himself, you know, quite a bit more playing time. If you're talking about star, who plays star, I mean, I think Trevez Johnson's a guy that, you know, has earned, you know, more opportunity at that spot. And that's where they have him slated right now. Um, they did lose um, C.J. McWilliams, who has opted out for the season. Uh, he announced that uh, before the game um, on uh, on Saturday, but you know I think that it it it, it didn't even spark the uh, the lightest of flames in the Gator Twitter world um, when he made that announcement. But um, but I do think that those are players that have earned you know more opportunity. But you also saw at the linebacker position, you saw it. Diabate play a lot more. You saw Bogle play more. And then you did. So you, you called it. I mean, Amari Bernie played the fewest plays he's played all season on uh on Saturday. That, that was and that's like we could call these guys stubborn, but for him, like I think Amari uh was a hill he could have easily died on. So I, I was happy to see him back off that a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, but also shout out, like you said, Silk, to some of the walk-ons that played. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Moore played 28 snaps, played you know pretty well. I thought at uh, at quarterback. I, I, I think. Hey, listen, I like Moore out there, man. And I know it. You know it was Missouri game, and you know, but it's all about effort. And, and you know, at you know at the play at the ball, you got to knock the ball down. That's that's what we're here yeah. for, and that's what that's that's the issue. The ball, bro. And when yeah. the ball is in the air, I don't give a damn what the route is. It doesn't start. The play don't start till the ball's in the air. If you can't knock the ball down, I don't care if you run the route for the wide receiver. It don't matter. Absolutely. Well, Ahmad, you, I mean, you said it's just Missouri. It's not just Missouri. I mean, Missouri's a good, a good team. I mean, they're, you know, yeah. I think Kentucky last week, I mean, they're a team that, you know, can beat you through the air and they can beat you on the ground. And to, to step up, you know, it's that next man up mentality. Uh, and I thought that yep. he played well. Uh, right. Nick Nick Ulrich played safety, played 15 snaps. Um and I think those were the two walk-ons that played. So shout out to them. Uh, Derek Wingo got his first five snaps of the season. Uh, Jahari Rogers got his first couple snaps of the season. Uh, Tyrone Hopper got his first couple snaps of the season. And then we already mentioned it. Uh, Kamar Wilcoxon uh, and Jalen Lee and Princely Uman Milan 
uh, got their uh, first uh, snaps of the season as well. So big win by the Florida Gators over Missouri. We got Georgia uh, this week, but let's take a quick hiatus for Mod's favorite part of the show, and that's our recruiting talk. So we're going to dump into a little bit of recruiting uh, with Mike Farrell from Rivals. Mike Farrell is brought to you by our friend Carlton Black with Envoy Mortgage, who is licensed in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. He's already said people have reached out to him, so reach out to him if you are looking for a new mortgage. He offers many types of home loans, including conventional loans, FHA loans, VA loans, fixed rate loans, adjustable rate mortgages, jumbo loans, and more. He can help you also refinance at historically low rates. So if you're in the market looking for a new home or if you're in a real estate market in any of those four states, give Carlton a call, 404 769 5501 or cblack at com. Let's get Mike Farrell on the show. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is the National Recruiting Director at Rivals, Dot com. Mike Farrell, how are you doing this evening? Good. I'm glad to be on. I've actually uh, heard a lot about the podcast from a friend of mine, so uh, happy to be here. Well, we hope we don't disappoint. Uh, it's a pleasure to have I, you're the godfather of recruiting, aren't you? That's what they call you around the street. That's right? what I was named. I was given that name by Chris Childers in like mid 2000s, and it stuck. Man, that's a that's a hell of a, t- a title, Mike. Just kind of personally, before we get into Florida Gators news, how did you get involved in the recruiting business, and ultimately how did you elevate yourself to the position where you can be considered a godfather? Yeah, real quick, I I, I am from the Northeast, not a football hotbed. I started uh, writing small articles uh, for a Boston College magazine. Uh, the recruiting guy wanted more money; they they canned him. I said, I'll do it. I never knew anything about recruiting in the mid nineties, football recruiting. And I learned, you know, from basically a lot of coaches that I reached out to did a good job there. Rivals was created. They wanted uh, the BC site and they wanted me to do a regional thing. Uh, I did rivals went on a business and was bought and turned into a subscription model. And I went up to ESPN and I said, you guys are missing out on this recruiting thing. It's nuts. It's crazy. Um, you know, Dave Rebson was nice enough to respond to me and I was on TV the next day. And, and that's when it really just took off, uh, in 2002 from there. Dude, that's nuts. That's nuts. So I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, this Florida Gators recruiting class for the class of 2021, uh, currently ranked sixth on rivals.com one five star in Corey Collier. But what is your overall view of the Florida Gators class as it currently sits? Uh, you know, it's a very good Class. You know, Tyreek Sapp was a five-star, and that was me who did that. Um, and then everybody on my team sort of jumped up against me after he didn't have a great um, spring camp and said, you know, he's not ready yet. He's a little bit raw, and he did miss part of his junior season. But yeah. there's talent in here. And you don't have, a like, of- a Godfather Trump card? I do. Just, like, throw I, 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 I wait till the end, man. <laughs> you know, there's no okay. point arguing that in February when I can wait till the end. Um and that's what I did with Irvin Dexter last year. I just put down the old Godfather card and said, anybody says he's not a five-star, you can go find a job elsewhere. Um, that's what he is. So there's a lot of effort kids in this class. You know, Kirk Collier 
is a five star for us, and we get a lot of criticism for that, you know, because he's not tremendous in in solo coverage. Um, but he is a very very strong, you know, tackler. He's very good in run support. Um, I think he's going to be a safety, and I think he's going to be a ball hawk uh, as well. So he's a kid that could play free or strong. But they've got a lot of guys that have motors uh, that just don't stop. Um, I do like the quarterbacks in the class as well and some of the skill position guys too. But, um, you know, I think Dan Mullen is a good recruiter, but I think mm-hmm. Tim Brewster has taken things to the next level for Dan because Dan doesn't like recruiting. Okay. Um, you know, he's not a, he's not like a Saban. Well, Saban hates recruiting. He's not like Urban Meyer who loves, you know, recruiting as a model. Tell you. Um, you know, he, he, Urban lives and breathes it. Some of those guys love it. Dan knows it's necessary. Uh, so adding a guy like Brewster to the staff really takes it to the next level because he was an ex-head coach. He's a guy who recruited Vince Young for Texas, and, and he's very, very involved in the day-to-day recruiting activities. Um, so I think it's a good match for them, and they've taken a step up a little bit in recruiting. Well, what's your overall opinion? we got two quarterbacks in this class, so and I, I, I think highly of Del Rio. I think he um, was a gym. I got bumped up later in, in his ranking. What's your opinion on Kitna? Mm, I like the bloodlines. You know, his his dad was a real competitor, and uh, you know, obviously had success at the NFL level. And and he he's he's not developed yet. Um, he makes too many mistakes, and I think he tries to do too much with his arm. Um, you know that the turnovers reflect that. Uh, so he's one of those kids we've got as a three star, and we're really not sure whether he's going to follow in the footsteps of his father and be a solid quarterback who gets better and better as the years go on, because that's kind of how John was, or if he's just the son of an NFL quarterback who's just not that good. Um, I've dealt with both. Uh, obviously, we've had some great you know, quarterbacks um, that have had uh, fathers that have been successful, and we've had some that are really just not very good. So I'm kind of torn on him. But I'm not, I wasn't happy with his junior numbers at all, uh, and, and his turnovers were in me a little bit. Got you. How do you think the, uh, with COVID and the 2020 way things are playing out, how do you think it affects early signing day, or do you think uh, more players opt to, to make a decision in, in February? I think everybody – I mean, they're, they're going to still have the early signing period in December uh, unless they make a – drastic late second change here. I think you're still going to see 80 to 85% of the kids sign in December. Uh, even though they're holding out for visits, it looks very bleak. The dead period runs through the end of the year and you know, we get a third wave of COVID coming on here. Colleges do not want recruits on campus. They just don't. I mean, they can come on their own and there's nothing you can do to stop it, but they're having enough trouble keeping their own players in a bubble uh, and keeping them healthy and, and not you know, infected and, and they just can't bring, you know, oh, we got this kid from Texas coming. We got this kid from Florida coming, you know, this kid from California, Michigan, all over the place. Um, so I don't see visits happening. They might extend the late signing period. Um, it's not really a signing period anyways. You could sign anytime you want after the first February, uh, mm-hmm. first Wednesday of February, but you might see that date slid back a little bit, but I think it's, you know, it's unfortunate a lot of these kids are committing to schools they've never seen before, and that's the first time in my career it's ever happened. Um, it's not good. It's not It's not what you want, so I think the transfer portal is going to be lit up in a couple of years, but 
it's really what we're stuck with now. And, and you know, you can't delay it because you have no idea how long it's going to last. Speaking of uh, the transfer report and uh, lighting up in a couple of years, I think with the one year transfer rule that they got um, next year, do you do you think plan on seeing this thing flood a little bit? Yeah, I mean, once they passed that, obviously that was supposed to be passed um, in the spring, but COVID stopped that, like it stopped everything else. So now they're going to pass that, um, I believe, in January. And then you're going to see, you know, obviously one-time transfer without penalty. It's going to be great. I think it's long overdue. At first, I was like old school, you know, let, let, let's keep it. You got to wait a year uh, and two years of in conference. But there were just so many agendas being pushed by colleges not releasing kids to certain schools or really trying to tie them up. Um, and, and having to get lawyers involved, it just got messy. And, and I just, I sort of changed my mind on it and said, listen, if this kid made a mistake, if he's not comfortable where he's going or he's not, you know, working with the coaches that he committed to, or there's a head coaching change or, or anything, um, you know, offensive, defensive scheme change, let him go. Uh, one time isn't going to hurt anybody. So I'm excited for it. the transfer portal is recruiting 2.0 um and that's exciting to me too because you know we get to cover these kids through the recruitment process and and oftentimes we get to recover you know cover their second recruitment as they go in the portal and and start looking for new homes so to me it's it's good fit for everybody and doesn't hurt anybody now, well, you speaking of the portal as well, uh, with Demarcus Bowman uh, transferring over from Clemson, do you think Florida goes out to another running back this cycle? No, I think they're going to push to 2022 for that and take two. Um, you know, uh, Damari Alston, I think, is a kid that, that they like and I think likes them. And, and you know, they've got a, a bunch of guys on board at running back uh, for 2022. I don't see them taking anybody this year. And, you know, the portal's been good, too to Florida and Dan Mullen. I mean, to get a kid like Bowman, the funny part about Bowman is, and I've told some people this, like his recruitment was kind of screwed up by Florida a little bit. And I won't get into the details of it. Yeah, we need a detail. Uh, we're a detail show. Yeah, like, we, we, yeah I know. We podcast for two hours because we're I'll, detail-oriented. I'll get a phone call immediately, and I don't really need a phone call. I get the number. I get calls. phone calls all the time. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I, I, I get phone calls all the time too. Let's just say that you know he wasn't. He was still going to go to Clemson, but you know, in the last ditch effort to get him to stay to Florida, you know, the in-home visit didn't go as well as expected, and <laughs> something was overheard that shouldn't have been overheard as far as uh, a coach saying something. And and they recovered very well. I mean, Bowman wanted to come home. Uh, he still liked the, the coaches he was dealing with, and, and it didn't hurt them that, that much. But I remember, you know, when he was going to Clemson, I was telling some people who were Florida fans, I said, eh, this one kind of got, got screwed up. And that's that's what I like about the portal as well. It, it gives you – first of all, the kids can't disrespect the schools like they used to, or mm-hmm. they shouldn't. You know, you can't you – know, you can't, take the Florida state Jersey and, and, and throw it in the trash because you might need to go to Florida state in a year or two. Right. Um, you know, so I like that part of it. And it also allows coaches to get sort of a second bite at the apple. If they, if they mess up the first time, 
Um, and, you know, with guys like Justin Shorter, who, you know, went to Penn State, didn't work out, touched on mm-hmm. the past weekend, you can get some really talented kids who just need a change of scenery. Um, and, and for Florida, you know, with, with Grimes and Shorter and Bowman and on and on, uh, it's been great for them. Mike, who are some of the people in Florida's class that um, you feel most confident about? Maybe they're not there developmentally now, but who do you think are going to be some of the best players from Florida's class, you know, three, four years from now? Del Rio stands out to me quite a bit because obviously the quarterback position is is so important. And, you know, Dan Mullen's known as a guy who can develop kids. And he's a little bit of a wild card. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's got a, a real swagger about him, which I like. Um, and he's a little bit raw around the edges, but he's a kid that I think um, can really fit into Dan Mullen's system and, and do a lot of damage there with a year of development. So, you know, obviously he stands out. Uh, I've mentioned Sap before in college. I love the defensive back class. Um, you know, I think it's, it's really impressive, and I think they're going to add Terry and Arnold, which would be even better. Um, because they've got a good mix of corners and a good mix of safeties. And you can't have everybody coming into your program expecting to be uh, a cornerback. Um, you know, you, you got to have a good mix. You got to have guys who like to mix it up and hit. You got to have guys who can flip their hips uh, and, and can play on the outside. And and I think they've done a very good job of, of you know, evaluating that position as well. So I think the ceiling-wise, you know, Sapp probably had the biggest ceiling. He reminds me a lot of um, the guy who went to Auburn, uh, he, he's, he's, I'm losing him. He, he was in Robert Kendiche's class. Uh, Carl Lawson. You guys remember mm, Carl Lawson? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now he didn't have a spectacular Auburn career, and he didn't get drafted in the first round, but he's still in the NFL as far as I know, and he was just really difficult to handle because he played with natural leverage on the outside. Uh, and he could also um, beat you with power. And those type of guys are real tough to block because they're sort of stubby and shorter than you think. And they don't have long arms, but if they get into your body, they're going to rock you. Um, so, you know, Sap kind of stands out to me uh, as well. But I, I do like when you, you pick in a position, I think it's defensive backs for me. Um. Mike, real quick, what's a, who's a, a, a sleeper uh, elite recruit that we're in on that we may not be talking about right now? Ah, uh, 2021. Bryce Langston isn't a sleeper. He's just overrated. But that kid mm. could be amazing. Uh, I know he was, what, like top 20 on some other sites and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, you know, he's a four-star, so he's not really a sleeper, but if he's if he turns it on, you know, it's it's a switch with him. It's a flick of a switch because you see it um, at times where he can just simply dominate people, um, and then there's other times where just the switch goes off and he's just there and he's easy to easy to take care of and he's he's not hustling. Uh, that's the type of kid I think in this class that we have ranked. You know, just <clears throat> later in the in in the 250, not in the Rattles 100, who could turn into uh, you know, a, a Carlos Dunlap type of player. Um, mm-hmm. But it just depends on the attitude and, and the work ethic when he gets there. But Florida's not involved with too many sleepers. Um, and that's what I like. They got to keep more kids in state, but they're going after I, the top I, dogs. I was, thinking, 
I was thinking more of like elite kids that that uh just not on the radar that we don't think we may land. I think we end up getting guys like that. I think Prince Humanilo, whatever his name was, one of those guys toward the end that we end up getting. Every I think every cycle we have that guy that just pop up out of nowhere. That we, uh, we the guy this year, yeah, probably Tim Misi out of Lele, uh, out of Texas. Now, you know, he was at IMG, and Florida was, you know, second place to Ohio State when he made his early commitment. If he was still in Florida, I think he'd be a Gator. Texas A&M leads for him right now just because of he's back in Texas and he's got a comfort level with the staff and they were the first ones to offer him. But he could be one of those surprise commitments because right now people think it's A&M. <clears throat> then they think it's either Florida or Alabama. But if he picked Florida or Alabama, it would be a huge surprise. But I know if 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 COVID wasn't happening and geography didn't play a part in any of this, he would be a Gator. There's, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. You know, he has good relationships with some kids who are already on the team, like Kamar Wilcoxon and and some of the uh, some of the kids that are recruited um, from the state of Florida be, from his time there. Uh, I just think he could be a potential surprise because Arnold's not really surprised. Langston's not a surprise. Um, now, if they get Adelaide, I mean. Stand back, man, because this defensive line class is going to be very, very impressive. On the opposite side of the ball, on the offensive line, you know, Florida has commitments from uh, Ham and the Juco, uh, former Florida Gator signee, uh, Javante Gardner from Orlando, Adrian Strickland, uh, three-star out of Lynn Haven, and then Rocco Underwood. Um, then they also have Jake Slaughter. Florida has seemingly, you know, not been able to land a lot of your higher-ranked four-stars or even your five-star guys at the offensive line. Um, where do you think – is there anybody out there that Florida stands a decent shot with on the offensive line, or how would you rate some of the guys that are in Florida's class for those that may not follow it as close? Um, you know, I, I think 2022 is going to be where you look – uh, a little bit more. The state of Florida doesn't produce great offensive linemen. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't figure it out. I don't know why. I mean, there's athletic kids, but I've had theories about it. You know, obviously a lot of skilled kids come from Florida. Uh, you get a lot of your offensive linemen that are successful from you know, the Midwest or the Northeast where it's, you know, you got to be tough and, you know, you got to roll tires in the snow and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly think that the offensive line players in the state of Florida don't have to hold their blocks long enough because everybody's so fast. It's weird. People <laughs> look at me and they think I'm an idiot for saying that, but you don't see those guys that are driving players off the ball consistently for three to four seconds. Um, it's usually let me seal and it's gone and he's gone and I don't have to do anything more. So I think you have to start recruiting in some other areas, um, you know, maybe hit up North a little bit more. But this class, you know, they don't care. Like Dan Mullen doesn't care uh, for prima donnas. Um, <laughs> he wants that three-star kid that is going to punch everybody in the mouth every day in practice. Um, and they've got a couple of those guys in this class. So if you're a Florida fan and you're worried about the O-line, I, I really wouldn't be because you really don't know what's going to happen Offensive linemen short of quarterback are the toughest to evaluate and project. Mm -hmm. And I would much rather have, you know, a bunch of three stars or, or, or a couple four stars mixed in there that are angry and hungry than I would 
to have the five-star guys that, you know, are the dancing bears that sometimes never develop. Two more questions. One is on Jeremiah Williams, uh, who just committed to Florida last week. What are your thoughts on, on him? That's a great get, man. I mean, that is one that was done for Auburn. It was, it was over, you know, he visited in February, um, Florida liked it a lot, but his mom did not want him going far from home, especially with the pandemic. So Scooby kept working mom and, and he kept saying, listen, you know, I feel more comfortable with these guys. This is the staff I like, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen at Auburn. And, and, and I just don't feel as comfortable there. I want to get away. And she finally relented and, you know, that kudos the Gators staff are staying on him because like I said, it looked like it was a done deal forever. They could have just moved on and said, forget it. He's a big kid. Now, again, some people list him as a defensive end. Some people list him as a linebacker. Uh, he's a hybrid, you know, and, and you need those guys, guys like Cox who can play uh, not only as pass rushers, but can drop in coverage and really cut down those passing angles with their wingspan. Um, that's such an underrated part of football on defense is how disruptive you can be away from the football. And that's what really stands out to me about him. He's a little raw, mm -hmm. but he's going to be an excellent player and, and his length is going to make it very difficult for people. Perfect. Uh, Go ahead. Yusuf Mugabil, Mugabil, I think how you, how you say his last name. I'm not great with pronouncing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yusuf. I call him Yusef. Yusef. Okay. That works for me, too. <laughs> I think he's one of the next one. I think he's probably going to be our next commit. Um, what's your yep. opinion on him? And then also, uh, who do you think is next on the on, on the radar to commit after him? Uh, I think he's a solid football player, like one of those grinder type of kids. You know, not an overly athletic kid, but a kid that will run through a wall. Um, and, and I think that's what really attracts him. Um, you know, he, he – doesn't have the best feet in the world. Uh, you know, technique is off at times, balance here and there, but he's just nasty and physical and he will hit you. And I think that's what they like about him. Um, I don't, I think Terry and Arnold's got to be next, but man, I, you know, Langston I've given up on. I don't know what he's waiting for. He's waiting for the Under Armour game, you know, to, to announce. And he's been waiting for this for like eight months. And, not, I, you know, me and everybody else thought the Under Armour game would be canceled. And it still could because they canceled the NBC game. But Florida might get sick of this and just say, listen, you know, come on. We've waited long enough. But Arnold's the one who intrigues me because he's such a flashy kid. He loves the attention. But yet he's so flat out honest, at least with me. Uh you know how kids will say, well, I got top seven. They're all equal. It's not true. Uh, they're complete liars. And that's what you got to do in this game is you got to lie, you know, because otherwise guys like me will ruin it for you. Um, <laughs> I think Terrian's going to be a Gator. And I just, I'm waiting for him to decide. He, he came up with the top five and I'm waiting for him to announce it and decide. I know he's got Alabama, Georgia and everybody else on him, but he wants to be a Gator. So I think he could be next after that. Perfect. And then my last question is about a 2022 guy uh, is Sam McCall, who committed to the Gators last year, plays both sides of the ball. What are your thoughts on him? Where do you think he best uh, pans out in his career? Yeah, he's uh, he's going to be a defensive player to me. He was supposed to commit to Florida like five times. Um, 
finally <laughs> did. You know, I mean, uh, again, the inner workings of what they wait for and and what happens is all you know. Confusing. He was waiting on a mod black to get the cameo. Uh, I got a, I got I got a question for you guys after I'm done with that. <laughs> I got a question for you guys after I'm done with 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 him. But McCall is a a very very athletic football player. You know, he's not the biggest kid in the world. Uh, he will fill out, but he's super athletic and closes so fast that I think he'd be honestly wasted. Not wasted, but offense. Forget it. Like to find a guy who closes on the football that fast and has those defensive instincts is very rare. Um, and, and, you know, you can get wide receivers. They're dime a dozen. I mean, geez, you know, there's, we rank 104 star wide receivers every year, but you know, it's, it's the safeties and D backs that really, uh, you know, are, are rare when you come to instincts at closing speed. And I think he's got that. So that, that's what I like about him. Perfect. Perfect. Can I All ask right. my question? Yes, sir. Ahmad. Are you there? What up? What up? You troll, you troll me all the time on Twitter. And I'm, I'm trying to go back into my memory bank. And I'm like, what did I do to Ahmad? So I looked up your ranking. I'm like, he's a four-star uh -oh. kid. We had him in the Rivals 250. Uh, he, he, what? I, what? <laughs> I did something. I did something. I don't know what it is. I, I'm sure I did something. I'm horrible. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. You know, I don't know. You know, I got a, I got a short fuse sometime on, on Twitter, so um, you know, maybe we can be friends, man. Just talk to me nice, all right? <laughs> well, all. I thought it was about my evaluation skills, but then I'm like, we ranked them pretty high. But I will tell you this: there are guys out there that I've ranked as high as like I don't know, second in the country, who are still pissed off at me. Um, so you know, maybe that's it. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually. Look, I'm actually honored to be a four star, all right? Yeah. Because you know that, that's like an honor, you know. That is I four probably, more stars than I had. Look, I probably would have probably supposed to have probably maybe two anyway. But you know, thanks for. I think it must be. It's gotta be. It's gotta be my face. I got a punchable face. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's your name, man. I don't know why, but my boy Kev on the big three roll up. He had a, he had a beef with you for no. He didn't know why either. He just kept saying rivals Mike. I'm like, what is your beef with rivals Mike, bro? Who was that? My boy Kev on the on the big three roll up. He just I don't know what beef he had with you, man. You I'm made just have a bunch of face. It's because you put yourself out there. That's why. Well, yeah, go. people hate me. They think I'm an. You hate me too, man. What? Yeah, I know it's oh, hard to believe, on. but yeah. I don't hate anybody. I I I'm I'm an obnoxious <laughs> jerk. Uh, that's my persona. In real life, I'm fine. You know, but. Right. I wouldn't get any attention if I were just some other boring, lame dude like that. I get it. You know, you can't be. recruiting service down south, and those guys with no personality. You got to have personality. I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Mike. Ahmad is very indiscriminatory when it comes to who he attacks. He'll attack Fine <laughs> Bomb. He'll attack you. He'll attract some random like Tennessee fan. He'll do what he doesn't care if you're the president of the United States or if you're just somebody. With you know, yeah. ball six one four one three on Twitter with a little egg and one follower, Ahmad will go after you. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I just, you know, yeah, I, I usually just reply to people, you know, because 
had a lot of time on my hands, you know. So um, <laughs> I, I, I just I didn't know if it was something from the old recruiting days because those were the urban days, and you know, uh, I was down at Friday Night Lights every year, and uh, maybe maybe I said something stupid. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a I'm not a bright guy, but it's just like that the harshness of it was was breathtakingly refreshing yet confusing at the same what time. What did he say like, to you, Mike? Uh, I don't know. He said my I sucked evaluating, and every time we, we have a kid that comes out as a bust, you know, that used to be four stars, the rivals can't evaluate. They suck. They don't know what they're doing. And it's just like, geez, I'm, on. <laughs> I'm like, well. I, I, I tell, I'm telling a lot of people they fucking suck. I, I, I mean, I don't mean to tell you. But I mean, <laughs> hey, I mean, I, for, for a guy that don't follow recruiting, how do you know who stinks, man? I don't know, bro. Because he, he, uh, he must be recruiting the Lake, putting the Lakeland guys with, with two stars or something. I don't oh, know. That's right. Right. Uh, he's probably right, man. He's probably yeah. right. We do suck, but yeah. it's, it was, it's just funny. And I had to ask the question because like, <laughs> I got people coming from me all over the place. I still got NFL guys that hate me, but this one was just like, "What did I do to him?" I want to know if I did something, but I guess I didn't. You're just yeah. an angry person, and so am I. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the first person to call Mod angry. I've heard him called slow before, but anger, I love it. No, no, he's sharp, man. His his attacks are sharp. Like a knife. <laughs> sure. uh, no, he's just got a little. I, bit I got like a, I got I got a ghost texter. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'll yeah, do this absolutely. show anytime. There's a For friend sure. of mine that's a huge fan of this show. This is like a big oh, winner for uh, give me a shout out. People, they they, they carry. This is for you. Great show. I love these guys. Me and Ahmad are now friends. Yeah, there you How go. How about that? <laughs> Everything's Look at us. It's all world good. peace over here. Yeah, bro. Day, day before the election, we get rivals. 2020 is a wild, a wild time in 2020, right? It's all, it can only go up from here, Ahmad. Wash <laughs> beef. Wash beef. That's my whole 2020 thing. Wash beef, dude. I love it, man. Well, well, Mike, everybody knows who you are, but tell them where they can find you on, on social media and everything else. All right. You could follow Ahmad and, and go to Rivals Mike on Twitter and just <laughs> insult me constantly. Um, my Instagram is at Rivals Godfather because I'm an idiot. Took Rivals Mike and doesn't use it, and I can't get it from Instagram, so I'm pretty ticked off about that. Um I'm on TikTok, but who cares? Because this is my, my dumb face. I'm not dancing. I'm not singing. I'm not doing anything. Well, so sir, you got about... dance moves, bro? No, on? I got nothing. I have absolutely nothing. So forget about TikTok. I won't even tell you where I'm on there. Um, and Rivals.com. You know, like Love. we're covering this stuff forever. It's always fun. I have the best job in the world. I love it. I wake up every day and I get to just upset people. And, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike, it's a pleasure, man. We're absolutely going to have you on in the future. Uh, we're starting a new podcast, a new recruiting podcast that we're going to do about once a month called Facts Only, uh, F-A-X. Um, so we'll have you on uh, to chat more about the Gators, man. But it's an absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks for everything you do for the industry. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Awesome. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks, Mike. All right, All right Mike. No problem, guys. Anytime. There he is, Mike Farrell from Rivals.com. With that being said, let's get right into our next guest as we dive into Georgia. And joining us is Brandon Sudge with The Telegraph out of Macon, Georgia.
his segment of the show is sponsored by our friend Lee Friedman. Lee Friedland, pardon me, the law firm of Friedland and Associates, who truly cares about the people. He's going to handle auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Give Lee a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or visit him at yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, 1-800-95-INJURED or yourfighthourbattle.com. Lee Friedland of the law firm of Friedland and Associates. Let's get Brandon Sudge on. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us from enemy territory is Brandon Sudge of the Telegraph in Macon, Georgia. Brandon, how are you doing this evening? Hey, I'm all right. Thank you guys so much for uh, having me on. i uh, got a huge game Saturday. Uh, basically, what? The SEC East title game here? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the rest of the schedules, I mean, I was thinking about uh, – the games that Georgia has left, I feel like this is it. You know, if if they win this, then they're in the title game. If they lose, they're done. Because what? I mean, looking at Georgia's schedule and Florida's schedule, the end of it is kind of doesn't seem all that difficult for for either of them. Yeah. This is definitely the uh, the big game. Uh, we're we're going into a game where obviously you said that you know both teams have one loss on the season. Both the SEC West opponents both look to probably be able to handle their schedule after this game. So big game coming up. Uh, the onus in the room uh, on the Georgia side of the ball. Some injuries on the defensive side. So talk to us a little bit about uh, some of those injuries uh, and who. Who is out and who's expected to replace them? And how does that change the defense of Georgia? Yeah. Um, so I feel like on Saturday, the entire defense went down in a matter of an hour. It's like everybody was good. Everybody was good to go. They hadn't really had many injuries leading up to Saturday's game. And they come out of Kentucky with a 14-3 to win, an ugly game, a horrific game where neither team moves the ball. Both teams just look pretty terrible, but it feels like a loss on Georgia's end, not only because they can't score points, but also because it, like, like on the defensive end, there's nobody left. Um, so Jordan Davis, your all-SEC defensive tackle, was out. Your safety, uh, Lewis, he was out with an ankle. Um your two linebackers, Monty Rice has a foot injury. He was limited. Quay Walker was hurt. Defensive lineman Julian Rochester uh, towards ACL. Um, so it's and then even after the game, you have your All American safety gets home to Athens and gets in a motorcycle accident. Um, so, so I would say the past 24, 36, 48 hours on Georgia's end have just been a whirlwind. Um, and things do not look good in terms of injuries going into Saturday's game um, in uh, Jacksonville. Sad to hear on my end. Uh, who are some of those people that are going to replace uh, some of those players, and uh, what is their experience level that they're going to bring to the field? Um, so, so in terms of the good news and talking to uh, Kirby uh smart his afternoon he feels like a lot of those guys might be okay um he says he's hopeful for a lot of them to return however 
he says hopeful. We don't really know what that means. So um, he said hopeful for a running back and a receiver going into the Kentucky game over the bye week. He said, oh, yeah, like they'll be able to practice um, today on the first day of the bye week, and both of them were out. Um, so we don't really know what that means. Um, but uh, Jordan Davis on the defensive line, uh, Monty Rice at linebacker, um, seeing it safety, those guys could end up um, coming back. And then with look counts um, injury in the accident, um, there might be a guy like Christopher uh, Smith who comes in because he's a guy who's come in at Kentucky, come in against Auburn, and he has performed uh, well on uh, George's end. So if you look at the whole thing, I mean, they might be okay, but it's going to look a lot different. And I think uh, Florida might have more of an opportunity to, to um Gore, um, than it might have um, earlier on. Got you. Do you think uh, the last game, the Kentucky matchup, was them trying to go a little vanilla? Or do you really think that the quarterback play and the offense is really just not, not that explosive? Um, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that Kentucky allowed Georgia to run the ball consistently, and they they're third they're First, like, 13 or 14 snaps were all run plays. They, they didn't throw the ball one time. Um, but I think some of that, too, is they don't have the answer at quarterback right now. I don't think that Stetson uh, Bennett right now, I'm not sure he's the guy. And I'm not saying that he's not, like, that he is or he isn't. I'm just not sure. I don't think that they know that. I don't think we know that. Um, but – it's obvious that they don't trust him right now in a lot of situations. He's had five interceptions over the last two games. He's had two fumbles, which Georgia ended up taking back. Um, he just does not look like somebody who can lead an explosive offense, and that's what offensive coordinator Todd Monken, that's one thing that he said that he wants. He wants explosiveness. And is Stetson, is he the guy to bring you that? I'm not sure. I think – um, either they should go back to the guy they started with, give Juan Mathis a chance, or, or I mean, you have Daniels, who's the former five-star recruit. He's still sitting there. I don't think he's helping. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, I think coming into Saturday's game, I think that's going to be the ultimate test. I mean, can they be explosive? Can they find a way to score? Because I don't think going into Saturday, I mean, I don't think there's going to be any change at quarterback. So they're going to have to have something magical happen in order to uh, score enough, I think. Got you. Do you. So you don't think that they run game, they, they could possess the ball enough just to like keep us off the field and keep it a close game? I mean, I'm not saying that. I mean, I just think that Florida's offense is potent and explosive. Right. I don't think Georgia's offense is at, is at that level at all. So I'm not saying it's not going to be close or anything. I'm just saying I'm not sure if Georgia can score enough to keep up with a potent offense against a decimated uh, Georgia 
Strictly defense there. Um, so the guys that are behind the guys that are at, uh, that, that are going to be missing the game, how confident are you in those guys? Um, you guys recruit well. There's a lot of uh, big-time football players on the camp, campus, according to the rankings. So how do you think those guys feel in, um, in the absence of the big names you guys have out? Yeah, um, I think that's the one thing on Georgia's end that helps them. Um, they have a lot of depth. They recruit very well. Kirby Smart's a defensive mastermind, as we all know. Um, he brings in guy after guy with four star, five star rating. Can't can't really say the same for on the offensive end, especially quarterback right now. But I mean, on the d- 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 defense, that's one thing you can always count on. So you might have a younger guy like Chris Smith, a younger guy like uh, Ozzy or Stackhouse on the D line. Those guys could show up and make a name. You already have Jalen Carter on the D-line who's who's performed all right. Um, He could elevate his game and kind of make his own statement in this game. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think that whole defensive depth is a huge question mark. But the thing that's to Georgia's advantage is that they have recruited and recruited so much depth um, and that could help in a situation like this. The only question is, is how does that uh, translate on such a big stage in terms of being a rivalry game? And the answer to that, I'm not sure. Kirby's obviously had Dan Mullen's number, you know, for the last few years. Uh, going two and zero, and and Dan Mullen's first two years as Florida's head coach. I don't think that that Dan Mullen has beat. Uh, Georgia since 2008 when Florida was uh, when he was the offensive coordinator there. Um, do you think that this is the year that Florida best Georgia? Um, I mean, so actually, hold on. There's one thing I want to ask you guys about yeah. before we get to this. What was this whole whole costume he wore at the press conference? What in the world is happening? I forgot about the costume. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. We got we to talk about the costume, all right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ahmad, you, you talk about it. I thought it was um, Halloween, but. I'm not I'm not going to lie. So so back, um, you know, back when we played, we used to have a, uh, a lift where we wore, like, costumes and whatnot. And, you know, it was just something different. Um, it, but it wasn't Halloween. But this is, this is Halloween, so. Um, I guess he just got into the moment um, with, with all the shenanigans going on. And I felt like he probably thought it was just the perfect time to, you know, bring his own shenanigans, I guess, and what have you. So um, it was Halloween, you know, different kind of night. Um, I, I think he just wanted to have fun. Yeah. Because um, I saw that, I was like, what is he doing? Because over that two-hour span, he pumped up the crowd after the fight and then comes in in a Darth Vader costume. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Dan Mullen's a lot more interesting than I thought he was, I suppose, because that was wild. That's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, going back to your question about the game, I mean, because what? Dan Mullen is 0-3 at Florida against Kirby, is that correct? Oh, 0-2. This will be the third game. 0-2, okay. Um. It's kind of tough because I don't really like to predict either way right now because I'll look back on this and it'll be totally opposite. I'll be like, well, shit, I'm wrong. Um, But anyway, um, so I feel like there's some extra oof on George's end. 
coming into Jacksonville every year, and that could be what carries them. But right now, um, I just don't think offensively that Georgia has what it takes. So I think Florida's defense is that great? No, I don't. But Georgia's offense is not at that elite level yet, and that might hurt them. Um, So, I mean, I think it's going to be close. It's going to come down to the end like every other uh, game has over the last couple of years. Um, And, like, I know this isn't like a concrete type of prediction. It could go either way. But I would take uh, Florida probably in a close one just because I'm not sure about Georgia's offense and the question marks that it has. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brandon, um, talk to us about Georgia secondary. Uh, who should we be looking out for um, in Georgia secondary this Saturday? Um, so, with Richard, look, count. I mean, in terms of him being out, it's going to be a matter of who steps up there. Does Christopher. Smith end up emerging. Does Mark Webb move over to that safety spot? He plays some star. He kind of hops in on Michael. Um, so I think Georgia secondary has a lot of options. In terms of like the quarterbacks, those are almost a certain um, because Eric Stokes is a star player. Um, and then Tyson Campbell has also emerged as that as well. But in terms of the secondary, it's going to be tough because how how does anybody stop Kyle Pitts right now? I mean, he just seems impossible to stop. For sure. Um, talk to us a little bit about this Georgia team and what makes them different uh, than the last two that beat Coach Muller. Oh, man. Um Probably um, coming into this game, I would say um, Georgia's uh, defense. I mean, obviously now they can't – that's not going to end up – I mean, it's the same narrative in terms of all those guys who are hurt. Um, But, but I mean, like as they're healthy, Georgia's – Defense is unlike any other that I've seen. I mean, I know I'm young, but I mean, I think it's better than any that I had um, seen ever. I mean, they have a bunch of guys returning their experience. They have um, stars everywhere. So, um, I mean, I think, again, like it'll be tested in terms of who's behind those guys, who can – who can step up, who can elevate. Um, and then offensively, it's kind of the um, – I think it's the same old story. Um, you have good running backs, you have a strong line, and your questions, again, are a quarterback. Um, and your questions are, can your quarterback um, have those explosive plays? Can he throw deep? Um, and those are questions with – um, Stetson that I don't know the answer to. Um, the one thing about the offense that I will um, tell you all, though, is under Todd Munkin, an offensive coordinator, it's not the same brand of Georgia football. It's not really the ground and pound run up the middle, even though they showed that um, 
Saturday, he's kind of more of like a spread offense type of guy who shows a bunch of different looks. He likes to throw the ball. Um, and then uh, another thing as well is I'll say that his his calling and uh, design of the offense, um, he always has guys open. He finds ways to get guys open, but it's a matter of can Stetson Bennett um, execute that and find his open options. Do you think uh, – I think uh, you spoke about um, Curry Smart and, and the teams he put, he's filled with, the defense he's filled with, but he also had, had – he also has had uh, quarterback issues and, and, and with that offense, the defense kind of been carrying that and also the run game. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of smoke and a lot of things around that program right now. I think they're in a key spot where like it's like a fork in the road. Uh, mm-hmm. And hopefully we can go down the other side of that fork this week. But yeah. um, with the offense struggling and, and him not being able to keep elite quarterbacks on campus, do you think the fan base is getting a little, uh, a little tired of Kirby? Um, do I think they're getting tired of Kirby? Oh man. Um, I mean, I would say yes, and that's crazy to think about and to actually say that because Georgia's at another level of success over recent years um, with going to a national title game with having a Rose Bowl victory. But, I mean, I think that um, the whole quarterback situation, the whole thing with not keeping Justin Fields, not not keeping Jacob Eason, I think that those two things have the fans scratching their head. And do I think that all of it is like, Justified? No, I don't. Do I think Kirby's on the hot seat or anything? No, I mean, absolutely not. I think that people need to realize where Georgia's at because in recruiting, they're top three every year. Mark Rick, he didn't do that. Um, Kirby Smart got them to a title game. Mark Rick didn't do that. Um, and Georgia has a whole bunch of top 10 wins. So I think that the fans on Georgia's end just kind of need to take a step back um, and just be like, okay, like Georgia's in a spot where they haven't been in a while, so let's see this play out. Um, I mean, the whole thing about the quarterback situation is going to be interesting because if we're a couple years down the road and we're singing the same tune, it's going to be a little bit different. But right now, I mean, I think – that the whole thing about getting tired of Kirby is there. I don't think that it's completely a validated thing right now. I mean, he he's the guy who's who's going to be there, and they're going to have to figure out how to how to handle that. In my opinion. And Brandon, my, my final question to you is: I know that you mentioned that you don't think that Florida, or uh, pardon me, that Georgia is going to make a change at the quarterback position, at least at the starting position. Do you think that there's a chance that you see, you know, another quarterback if things don't go well for Stetson, or uh, do you think that they ride with him because he is their best option? Um, I think they ride with him because they think he's his best option. Is he the best option? I don't know. I I think I said this earlier, but. Uh, you have you have Daniels on the bench. You have DeJuan 
Mathis, and he's the guy who they who they decided on to open the year. So I think you go back to the guy who you started the year with, honestly. Um, but in terms of them changing it up against uh, Florida, I mean, I would have to say no, I don't think so, because as we've seen in years past, when Kirby has his guy, he sticks to his guy. Um, and he stays committed. He keeps saying, I have confidence in Stetson. He's going to be our starter. Um, so I don't think he changes. I mean, in terms of the magnitude of the game, that might change at the last minute. And I I mean, I don't know. But at this point, I would say there's not much of a chance of any, of any changes coming um, in the middle of the game. No, I don't. Perfect. And the final, the final question. And, um, you know, I know that you, you mentioned just a few minutes ago that you don't like giving predictions because you feel like you're going to come out the wrong end of it. And people yeah. are going to come and attack you. I promise you our fan base won't come and attack you for your score. Uh, yeah. Do you have a, a score prediction uh, mm. for the game on Saturday? Okay. Um, let me go 30 to 27 for me. Very good. Very good. I'll give you a, a Florida win right at the end because Georgia's offense cannot quite keep up enough and Georgia's defense is injured. So, I mean, again, it could go either way. But right now I'll give you 30-27, the Gators over the Dogs. Well, that's that's a way to win some uh, some Twitter followers and things of that. <laughs> Brandon, um, yeah, that's that's all we pay in is in likes and retweets. But Brandon, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Yeah, um, so I am at Brandon Sudge. I have a unique last name, so it's just pretty easy to make accounts. First name, last name, I'm there on uh, Twitter, um, Instagram. I heard. Mike, he was talking about he has a TikTok. I do not, so you can't find me, <laughs> you find me uh, having any TikTok rants or any TikTok uh, dances or anything. But uh, yeah, if anybody's interested, you can find my work um, on the Twitter. Like to have some interaction there. Um, like to just talk about anything on there. Um, so yeah, that'll be the main place to find me. Dude, I love it. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on the show uh, this evening. We really appreciated you uh, giving breakdowns and I've enjoyed reading some of your articles as I was preparing for your interview today. So thank you so much for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you soon and best of luck with everything. Yeah, guys, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, Brandon. Bye-bye. Brandon Sudge. Um, all right, boys. Uh, he talked about a lot. Um, you know, you guys kind of, you know, telegraphed some of your questions about, you know, where some of the deficiencies are, but I uh, give us your overview of the, of the game. Let me do a quick, uh, insurance read, uh, to my man, Greg Brunt at the Brunt insurance and finance services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys hit my man, Greg up nine, five, four, five, eight, nine, two, two, zero, four. Big coverage, big policies, the best customer service in the insurance business, man. If you need life, you need health, you need auto, you need any financial services, my man Greg is the best in the business. 954-589-2204. Big coverage. Let's talk a little uh, Georgia verse. I almost said that wrong. Don't cancel me. Uh, let's talk a little... <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, it's you know, it's cancer culture around here. So, yeah, in and out, Cam. I don't want no beef on the timeline. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, let's let's talk a, a little Florida, Georgia. Uh, obviously, some deficiencies on offense compared to where they normally are. They certainly don't have the stable of running backs uh, that they used to have, but certainly not uh, a team that doesn't. Uh, potentially have the uh, the opportunity to put up some points. They put up uh, 37 against Arkansas, 27 against Auburn, 44 against Tennessee, uh, 24 against Alabama. They did struggle against Kentucky in a 14 to three win, but ultimately they enter this season with a four and one record playing the Gators. Uh, what are your thoughts about them on offense um, against Florida's defense? I, li- I like us. Um, to, to be honest, um, I think that if we stop the running game and force them to pass the ball. I think we win the game. Um, I don't <clears throat> like them to beat us um, through the air. Um, I think they struggle with putting the ball in the air. I think uh, once we stop the running game, uh, we should have a little bit more success. Yeah, I'm just not impressed with. I mean, like the, the, uh, my man Brandon spoke about uh, Stetson. Uh, he's a smaller statue guy. He went nine for 13, 131 yards last week versus Kentucky uh, with two picks. Mm-hmm. He also said he's doing he's throwing five picks on the season. Like he's throwing an interception every ten throws at this at this rate, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, I think it's an opportunity for us to get a little little uh, thirsty. I think we need to control it down in the distance. If we control first and second down and keep it manageable, where that guy got to go third and eight and mm-hmm. like that, third and longs. Um, I think we're gonna be able to flourish, man. We'll be able to knock down some passes at the line of scrimmage. Um, but also, we need to come like I'm not regardless. I mean, how bad their passing game has looked. Um, our defense has looked just as bad. So I'm not. Uh, like just super confident coming into this game, thinking we're going to stop them or Stetson at this, at this point. Because um, mm-hmm. I don't know how secondary is going to be. Because um, I don't think the same guys are about to start in the secondary. So I don't know what to expect. But I think the key to the game is controlling down the distance, um, getting them off the field on third down. And if we could get up two scores and mm-hmm. make this and have to go throw the ball for a living, I think we could we could um, we can make we could turn this thing into a, a, a boat race if we could do that. So I think just jumping up two scores would be the key. Yeah, that's like you make a great point there. And we talked a little bit about about what we saw about Florida's improvement against Missouri on the defensive side of the ball in terms of, you know, being able to get to the quarterback and forcing them to make quick throws. Uh, under pressure, Stetson Bennett is only 12 of 27. Uh, and on plays where he was blitz, he's only 27 of 52. So below a 44% uh, or just above a 44% of pr- uh, completion percentage when he's under pressure. And then when he is blitzed, he, he has a significantly lower, almost nine point. Um, pass completer rating uh, lower than when he's not blitzed. So, you know, you put some pressure on him, you force him to turn the ball over, uh, but he's sitting on a number of interceptions on, on the season. I don't think that he's great uh, with decision-making and, you know, I think that Florida should be able to have some some nice uh, outside help on the uh, on the boundaries and, and force him to to make plays down the middle. Where I think that Florida will be able to contain him. Um, I think that Florida's biggest you know weakness is is going to be their ability uh, to shut down uh, Georgia's rushing attack. Like I said, don't think that their rushing is certainly as good as you know where it's previously been compared to. Uh, your your days of Todd Gurley, et cetera. But I, I don't think that Zamir White is an untalented player. He averages four and a half yards per carry. Uh, Kendall Milton uh, averages five and a half. And James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother, um, is averaging 5.3. So they're definitely able to, to get some yards. And, you know, I think that the Florida wins this game by containing them on offense, limiting big plays. And then I do think that Florida is able to outscore them. And that's where I think that Yeah, I think um, 
you, you spoke about the running backs rushing yards and what they were getting per carry. I also think uh, it's key like to watch the, the running backs in the past game. Uh, of the 131 yards that he did throw for, I think uh, 70, 80 percent of that went to running backs out of the backfield or, or check down. So um, just like in the previous game, I said about A&M, how they like to, to do the check downs. I'm pretty sure they watching that film about linebackers on running backs in space. So I think that's going to be a key to the game as well. Um, I think um, Dalvin's little brother, Cook, baby Cook, is a guy that can catch the ball at the backfield. He's a matchup problem with our linebackers. So uh, just watching the, his check down, the tight end, running backs, can off of them. He don't throw the ball to the receivers very well on the outside or down the field, man. So uh, pressure, um, yep. I think the offense is going to do what it do. I think they're missing some key players in the secondary. Uh, I don't think Tyreek Stevenson, if he plays, he's going to be uh, 100% healthy. They're out there. They're without their best player um, in the secondary with that safety. Um, I'm forgetting, how to, uh, forgetting his name off the top of my head. Was it LeCount? Yep, Richard LeCount. So he's out of the game. Um, Prayers up to him. I hope he gets well and whatnot, but he's out this yeah. week. Uh, so I think we they're going to be vulnerable on the back end. And I also think they just like – we just need to come up with our hair on fire, playing playing like our hair on fire, bro. Uh, yep. We got to want it. They've owned us the last two years. Dan Mullen got to have this team coached up, prepared, and, and playing with their hair on fire. Absolutely. No, I think the energy level of them coming out is going to be huge. Uh, Silky made a very salient point. James Cook, 171 yards. Uh, he's their second leading uh, receiver on the season coming out of the backfield. Ahmad, want to kind of get your thoughts uh, on – Georgia's offense not sure how much you've watched them uh but as a a team uh that is facing a quarterback that obviously has some deficiencies uh just an overall skill and athletic ability I don't think he slings the ball very well um if you're the Florida Gators you know defensive coordinator what kind of defense do you you know dial up to try to compete uh you know and and try to contain Stetson Stetson Bennett and uh Zamir White in the rushing attack well, what, what we've been doing um, these past few games, also, uh, you guys uh, failed to mention, is, is we, we've been actually missing our assignments sometimes on the running back out the backfield. Um, and they've been, like, wheeling up the field on us. So um, we got to stay disciplined, make sure um, we, we know our assignments um, and stick to our assignments. I think um, Georgia got a couple big plays last year uh, with the running back out the backfield, throwing the ball. I think 35 caught, like, a lucky catch or whatnot. Um, and they caught some balls out the backfield. Um, again, like I said earlier, man, we got to stop the run. Um, I, I think we load the box up and, and, and force that quarterback to beat us outside. Um, there's something that's, that he hasn't done. Um, so I, 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 again, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing, you know, eight in the box <laughs> at times, even trying to stop the run, you know, to, to, to try to make him throw the ball outside. Perfect. And Ahmad, I know that you're obviously safety. Um, so safety obviously is going to going to help cover the running back uh, as well as some of the, the outside defensive linemen uh, and then then linebackers. What are schematically uh, what do you do to, to try to contain uh, coming from one of those positions for for a more novice listener on on what goes on schematically and in terms of trying to contain a running back that's both a threat to run the ball and catch the ball? I mean, it's not it's not that difficult. I mean, if you're running out the backfield, it's not it's only so much you can possibly do. Sure. You know, and, um, you know, if you got the running back out, or you you know, it all depends on what type of defense you're in. If that's your man, mm-hmm. if you got the second man um, out there, and there's no tight end, it's one receiver, um, there's no fullback to that side. He's he's the number two guy. I mean, it all, it all depends. So, um, you know, you, you just got to know before the before the play what what's the possibilities that he, you know, he can run a, a Texas route. A Texas route is when you. Um, we got beat, you know, early in the season with, uh, I think, Bernie when he, when he faked outside and came back in across across the linebackers. It's called a Texas route or like an angle route. All right. And they're going to probably run that. They're going to run to the flat or run, or run a wheel. 
or maybe an option out the backfield where they go either way. It's not too many routes they can run out of that. So okay. just got to be disciplined. Um, you know, when we when we have that guy and, and know um, what's the possibilities that he, he can he do one of those routes. Perfect. Perfect. Want to talk about uh, the defensive side of the ball uh, for, for – uh, pardon me, uh, Florida's offense against Georgia's defensive um, you know, side of the ball. They are going to be missing at least three starters uh, this uh, this game. Uh, you know, Florida obviously very prolific offense, averaging more than 40 points per game, uh, you know, putting up, you know, great numbers on offense. What do you want to see out of Florida, um, you know, to be able to win this game? And is there anything that you want to see differently than what you've seen already? Attack them safeties, attack them safeties, attack them safeties, man. Uh, I'm not married to uh, – we can jump two scores and control the ball with some um, some long screens. I'm not like – because they're going to be hard running against that front. So I don't want everybody to be thinking like we need this stuff to run and, and create that because I think the stat in this game on um, the last 10 years, whoever led in rushing um, pretty much wins that game. But I think that that rules out in 2020. It's been a wacky, weird year. And I think we just need to be explosive. Cause they're they're not an explosive offense, so um, let's try to turn it into a boat race uh, if, and see if they could keep up. So attack the safeties. They they got they leading safety out, and we got the best offensive weapons in, in college football with Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony. Man, so let's let's get players in space and attack that secondary that's already uh, missing a lot of players. Yeah, we definitely got to attack where where they you know they they got uh, backups in. Um, they missing D linemen too, dog. But that's yeah. the you, 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 you can say about about how much they recruit and whatnot. If they ain't been playing to get no game reps, you, that all that shit go out the window. So I don't, it don't always go out the window. My like sometimes players go out and then they get filled in. Like 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 Lawrence back up at at, at Clemson, DJ Ugamili, whatever his name is. Yeah, he had no reps, but when Man. he stepped in, look like too many of them type dudes, bro. I'm not I'm not sold on that. So a lot of them I, dudes at, at Georgia and Bama, bro. To be honest with you. I, I seen a lot of five star dudes come in, and, and that's that's that'd be the hype. But let's see, let's find out if they're gonna. The difference, man, the difference has been these few years. When our top guy go out, we got Christopher Big Williams coming on the field. When their top guy go out, they got another five star coming on the field. Right, right. It's right. been the difference, and in, in, in this game when we play Georgia, it's been the death. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. So um, on. Uh, you know, F- Florida's offense, you know, I think that, that Florida, uh, you know, should be able to move the ball. You know, Georgia does have a great defense, one of the best run de- defenses in in college football, I believe the number one in the SEC uh, right now. Great ability to um, to stop the run, you know, something something that Florida has, you know, struggled with, you know, all season. I would love to see them, you know, open it up and then try to solidify the run a little bit later. But, I, you know, like you said, Silk attacking the safeties, being able to to get up high on them. And I think that this is where a position where, you know, Trevor Grimes, who wants the ball deep, you know, this is maybe an opportunity where Florida early in the game maybe throws the ball deep to try to test them and see what they're able to do, uh, whether it's from Kyle Pitts, whether it's Trevon Grimes, whether it's a, you know, maybe a, a Xavier Henderson or somebody else. You know, might try to take the top off to kind of see what uh, you know what they're working with back there. You know, but I I don't want Florida to get too fancy. I think that if they run their game, I think that they're able to move a ball against Georgia, right? And you know, we like to think that Florida has a very elite offense, and and this is their opportunity to show it because elite offenses, you know, should be able to beat a uh, you know a slightly decimated uh, a defense in in Georgia. Kirby's a very smart guy, man. He's a good yep. defense mind. So uh, regardless of how many people down. Should we attack the backup safeties? Yeah, I mean that's got to be a game. Yep. Game the starters, you know. 
But um, Kirby's a smart defensive guy, so I expect it to be a battle. Um, they're yeah. gonna be real good defense regardless on Saturday. And I, I still think we can go yeah. get points on a real good defense because we have a real good offense. Yeah, I like us, man. I like us um, to to go ahead and break this streak. And the rest of that season, the season and schedule sets up nicely, man. So I want the guys to come out hungry. And as long as we come out with our energy right, man, I think we're going to do what it do, man. I think the energy in the season uh, is pointing in the right direction. Absolutely. No, so you make a great point. You know, last last season, um, you know, in that game in Jacksonville, Florida just didn't seem to have the uh, the, the energy. They didn't seem to, to drink their rock star uh, before the game started. They seemed a little slow. I think they only had seven points going into the fourth quarter. So I want to see them have that energy. I want to see them carry over some of that energy from the second half against Mizzou. Uh, and I think that Florida should be able to, to match up against uh, against Georgia. When you look at star rankings, Georgia probably has, you know, more five stars, definitely more four stars. Uh, you know, then Florida, but I think that the way that the team is gelled together and meshed together, there's a lot of weapons, you know, on Florida's offense that should be able to attack some of the deficiencies on defense that Georgia has. I just want to see Florida be able to get to the quarterback, something that they were able to do against Missouri, because that will force Stetson Bennett to throw the ball. And I think if you put the ball in Stetson Bennett's, Stetson Bennett's hands, you know, Florida sits in a good position. But if you put, you know, if you allow them to run the ball and, you know, move the ball at will, whether it's, you know, running the ball or, you know, ball out of the backfield, you know, from the quarterback, then, you know, Florida is going to have to, you know, get exceptional play from the linebackers and, and from the safeties. And we've, we've not seen that. So, you know, allow you to set the tempo, you know, Florida to set the tempo for that game and allow you to control it, and then you can win the game that way. I think our depth is going to get tested like right away. Um, with Zach Carter being suspended in the first half, uh, we've had we've seen what our defensive line looked like when guys are playing out of position, or because we just like that's a recruiting issue, and, and we're missing the right bodies that certain stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how we hold up against the run with Zach Carter out that first half, because um, they could easily it could it could turn into a mess. I don't know who do you have starting strong defensive end first half with him out there. Uh, that's a that's a tough question. I don't know what what Florida does there. Um, I I don't know if you move to maybe a little bit more base three four, um, and you have uh, you know a little bit more of a pass rush coming from the uh, the the uh, the linebacker position. What? Well, I think I think stopping the run is going to be our key, and, and he brings so much size to the strong side defensive end position. Like yeah. you know, the pass rush is going to get get us ran on ran down our throat. So um yeah, it's gonna be key to who who's replaying uh replacing um my man Zach Carter for that first half. And if we can survive, if our depth depth can survive that first half, I think we we're more than fine. We're gonna be able to score points and keep it interesting, but I think that's something we're weak at at that spot with Zach Carter out of the game. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean that that might be a position where they're just a little bit undersized, and I don't know if you have a I'm you know, pretty sure that's on Georgia game plan. Like just like we got that safety thing because they guys out. They got that on they 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 scout report too. That card is out. We running right at that position. Who who do you who do you guys have? I mean, who who are your real options? I mean, you have Chatfield, um, sort of. He's not a strong side defensive. Right. Player. I mean, that's but but you go back in your 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 situation, right? Um, you know, Dexter's not either, right? Um, Dante Lang was getting some burn. Right? I would rather Dexter, one of the bigger body guys, just yeah. like. Pass rush is not going to be hella important in this game. I think just stuffing the run and controlling it down the distance. So, yeah. um, shoot, man, I'm gonna put Ethan White over there. Is Ethan White healthy? Is he back? I have no idea. I thought Ethan White was going to be back two weeks ago. So, um, 
I, I, I don't know. We he if he was gonna if he was healthy, he would have played last game, and he didn't. Right. So um, there's been no commentary uh, if he is. Uh, but like you said, so I don't know, and that's why I was struggling with with who do you put there because you know Florida doesn't really have an alternative. However, what I do like is that I think that Zach is gonna come shooting out of a uh, a Dan Thompson cannon uh, in that second half. You know, the full tank of gas uh, against a, uh, a depleted uh, potentially. You know tired uh, Georgia uh, offensive line. Key to the game, Dan. We already talked key to the game counter, but let me get – Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to pull one on papers to be able to control, you know, Georgia's running backs, whether that's running the ball or ball through the air, um, you know, force Stetson Bennett to beat the Gators through the air on offense. And then on defense, you know, Florida just needs to – uh, you know, attack and, and play their game. You know, Georgia's going to be missing players, but don't try to get too cute. Don't try to get too fancy. You know, play your game, and, and you're going to move the ball, and you're going to score. Black, what they do, baby? Man, we got to tackle on defense. We got to tackle, tackle, tackle. We can't let them run the ball down our throat. Um, can't miss assignments in the secondary. Um, like we talked about earlier in the show, we got to get lined up. We got to get situated. We got to we got to know our assignments before they get on the line and snap the ball. We can't be running around trying to get get lined up late, um, putting our hand down. Um, you know, you know, as the quarterbacks hiking the ball, um, we got to know our assignments and get ready. Um, I think we get we force two turnovers, we win the game. Um, offense, we got to stress the ball. We got to we got to stress the stress the ball down the field. Our wide receivers are too big; they got too much size um, to be playing around with these little behind corners. Um, that they're going against, especially with a with a weakened secondary and and a, and a hurt secondary, um, we definitely got to take advantage of that. Um, but we still got to run the ball as well. Try to keep them balanced. We got to go to a balanced attack, um, and we can't let you know uh, let them make us one dimensional. Um, yeah, I think that's that's one of the keys too. Is uh, I don't think we're gonna be balanced, but I think we need to be respectable with the run game, control the clock. Um, I do I do want to see like one of my surprise. Uh, uh, keys or uh, takes. I want to see some uh, quarterback runs from. I, I don't care if it's Emory or. Um, and in the history of this game, we've seen Emory get some playing time and make some plays mm-hmm. in this game before, man. So um, I don't. I don't. I don't mind if, if if Dan gets a little risky or not even risky, but just switch it up. Um, we haven't seen a whole lot of quarterback runs, so I think that could throw Kirby off. Um, some things that they probably ain't game plan for, and you got younger guys on campus that on the field that just probably not like. Uh, ready for a lot of looks. Um, they've probably been game game planning for a lot of looks that Dan Money can throw throw at them this this matchup. So I want to see some some play action with a quarterback in the backfield that can run the ball, uh, not just get in and just run the ball, but uh, mm-hmm. give them that look like we coming in and run the ball, do something. That's what I'm looking for. I think we're gonna get a big play out of that in the game. We'll see if I'm right. I think I think you're right. Um, love to see Kyle Trask get some balls. Love to see a a, a giraffe out hey, there. Kyle gonna do what he do, man. I don't got no like. I ain't got no word. Kyle's Kyle's a very confident guy. I like how confident mm-hmm. his offense is. No matter how frustrated Grimes is, when they was six seven, like they they wasn't worried. Kyle is cool, calm, collected. He ain't sweating it. Even if he has a few bad throws or he had a little slump where we we're getting field goals, he's gonna come out the next drive and kind of forget whatever happened before, man. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I, I just got all the confidence in the world in, in, in Kyle Trask, and they're gonna do what they gotta do and get points. Um, give me, uh, give me a score prediction. Um, I'm, I don't think they could get over over 21 points. I don't think they're a very good uh, football team offensively. So, 
I'm gonna go 20 uh 34. So Florida by two touchdowns. All right. Ahmad. I'm gonna go 28-17. Oof. Okay, I like I like 31 to 20, I think. 2817. Yeah. Yeah. 2817, 3120. Okay, so we all have Florida winning. Um all right. So I think it's close I think it's close to late in the fourth. I think we can just put yeah. them away and, and get a we up by a touchdown, get a turnover towards the end and go put them away. For sure, for sure. I think it's close to the whole game, but I think we win by like two possessions, 14, 10 points, something like that. All right. Um we kind of briefly talked about any thoughts on uh Dan Mullen as Darth Vader? Bigger deal. Uh, Mike Bianchi just wrote an article about how Dan Mullen is becoming the uh, the Donald Trump of the SEC um, and mentioned him. What, what a take. That's yeah. A take. That's it's, a take. Sometimes you just need clicks, you know? Yeah. Um, you, what are your thoughts? You, do you think, considering the gravity of what happened in the second uh, or during halftime, you think Bro, it's that's normal? Or? That's normal. What do we watch at halftime? Like, it wasn't nothing egregious. We've yeah. seen – players getting real squabbles at, at half feel like people are just so like extra sensitive i i, I wouldn't reckon say i don't like the way he handled it but it's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal i thought Dark Vader, the, the outfit was hilarious i thought the dancing in the locker room afterward was hilarious yeah. uh, mm-hmm. i'm with it you know what i'm saying yeah. like I, I don't care if they hate us if we winning yeah i don't give a damn we having fun it was halloween he put on a costume so what big deal um, Ahmad, I, I got to know what some of your costumes were. For what was that? That was the uh, Saint Valentine's Day massacre. Valentine's Day massacre that you guys dressed up, right? Yeah, it was like, nah, the midnight lift. Oh, uh, midnight lift. What what kind of costumes did you go in when you were uh, at school? I can't remember, bro. It's something stupid, though. I think we put like wigs Man, on. You know, you just embarrassed. Go ahead and tell us, bro. Nah, I, I, I can't remember, but I, we just put like on like wigs and paint our faces and shit. I know the costume I wore in third grade, Ahmad. I know you know. Nah, bro, I don't know. <laughs> no, because to tell you the truth, bro, that's the last thing you really be want to worry about because Mickey finna put it on your ass, boy. So the last thing you want to really really be thinking about is what, what costume I'm finna wear because when you be doing goddamn 32 half-gassers, when you on goddamn number y'all look, 21. Y'all look so happy beforehand, though. Nah, bro. Yeah, that shit was crazy. This shit we used to do is illegal in all 50 states, bro. There's no way we had no choice but to win, bro. Because if we didn't, it was crazy. Because I don't know what we was going to do if we didn't win. I don't know how we was going to – if we didn't win with, the, with that offseason, I don't know what I don't know what it took. Oh, man. Shout out to Manscaped.com. The best of the best when it comes to men's grooming and keeping them balls unsweaty and, and flourishing. Uh, my man Dan got the Danscape name. He must be – I see you skaped up. I like the new fade. Um, uh-huh. But – Let's keep the grooming going, Dan. Let's keep it going. Manscaped.com. If you need 20% off on your grooming needs, uh, if you need to shave more than just the top head, um, if you need to hit those cadagles at the bottom, use coupon code SG at checkout and get the lawnmower 2.0. The lawnmower 2.0 is waterproof, works in the shower, skin safe technology. You're not skinning anything, you're not cutting anything. You're good to go. You can put a deodorant on afterwards with no stinging. Cause you ain't got no cuts. It's skin tape, skin safe t- technology. It's the vibes. SG at checkout for twenty percent off and free shipping. Manscaped.com. Best of the best in man grooming. That's why I freestyle. I freestyle like the last three or four of these. Hey, you've you've got it down. You got it down. Um, 
But no, manscaped.com, great, great product. A bunch of you have shouted us out, uh, letting us know that you use the promo code. Christmas time is almost here. Uh, yeah, the crispness is in the air. We've been talking about Christmas. Time about yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're we're almost there. That promo code is there. Shipping is quick. It's fast. It's easy. Uh, it's not just for your uh, not just for your balls. You can use it to uh, <laughs> shave your chest. Um, I didn't use it on the fade this time, but who knows? Um, but um, but no, you can definitely use a great product. Uh, their ball deodorant is probably the greatest thing that I found in 2020. Listen, um, my life was forever changed. You don't think you need ball deodorant then? Until you get definitely an elite level type of like experience of life experience. That's a life changing right. thing. You know how many festivals I've been to and I could have used some ball deodorant? And now you have it. Right. And now I can't go to festivals. Yeah. Hmm. Well, at least you have ball deodorant. No, right, the football games I went to, I need ball deodorant. No, I can't go to football game. Never mind. Let's go. What we got next? I think that's I it. I did want to talk. I did want to ask you, oh, yeah. uh, you guys. Besides the Georgia game, what else, what other game on the schedule that frightens you a tad bit? Any other game on there? Mm-mm. Mm, nope. Maybe that maybe that late Tennessee game because they just man no on some on some weird on some weird shit yeah. no okay I don't think that Tennessee is very good okay I, I, at one point I was worried about Kentucky okay right? and, and Kentucky's just not been able to get it together on offense you know I mean LSU's bad yeah but like this is the thing if Florida wins this game they can't think the season's over like it's not. I mean, they're, they're going to be favorites and probably heavy favorites. Oh, no, we got to go win the football Kentucky, game. Vanderbilt, LSU, sure. and Tennessee, but the, the season's not over. It's only game five. You still got five more to go or four more to go. What are we, four and one? Yeah, so four more to go after this one. Um, and those are this one, um, Yeah, we win this one. I get into my bag of I've – been, I've been vibing on the timeline lately. I haven't been tweeting a whole lot. Business has been booming, but – we win this game, man. I'm gonna get real obnoxious on the timeline, for sure, for sure. I think that's what the internet's needed, and I don't think that they've ever seen an obnoxious Uncle Soak before. No, they seen him. Not so. you must be angry. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. So, no. so it must be angry, uh, Dan. I, I, oh, I can see it. No, man, life, life, is, life is great in Gatorland, dog. I, I ain't even. I had much time in McElwain, dog. Like life is life is uh, peaches and cream. But if we win Saturday, I'm gonna go ahead and tell my rivals, man. Y'all boys mute me for the foreseeable future because things is gonna get wicked on the Twitter timeline. All right. Well, the, so then let's let's be uh, let's look out a bit. Let's let's be presumptuous and assume Florida wins and then wins out. They play Alabama in the SEC championship. Talk to me. Do you think that Florida could beat Alabama this season? And then let's look at the other two teams that could potentially be in a playoff if Florida makes it, Ohio State and Clemson. How do you think that Florida stacks up against those three other teams? I just want to see us Saturday, then I go from there. Okay. Yeah, I got to I gotta see, see how we do on Saturday. Saturday, yeah. man, because I don't know. We got to see what kind of defense we, we put out there. Correct. I think I think last year, I mean last, sorry, last week, I think the defense put up a good performance. They look solid. Um, shout out to Todd Grantham, but um, 
that could that could have been a fluke. They gotta show me again against a, mm-hmm. a, a Georgia team that, that wanna run the ball down their throat. Um it's, it's about it's about man on man right now. Who want it more? Because they, they're banged up. We're missing some guys. I'm pretty sure we're gonna be missing some more guys that, that are named now. Names always pop up with all this COVID stuff. Yeah. So it's gonna be about who wanted more, man. Yeah, that's an important thing to remember is there's still people out for this Georgia game. They haven't announced who it's going to be yet, and they're probably not going to um, until you're closer to the game. But there's still players that are in either battling COVID or still uh, in quarantine. Um, Do we know if our kids are going to be back? I don't know. I, they, they've not said who is where in the, uh, in the process. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stop asking you uh, uh, injury and health stuff. I don't know why I keep doing it. My, that's, that's on me, Dan. My bad. You you can keep asking. I'll still give you the same answer. You know? I know, but, but yeah. I know you're you're seeking out answers, and you look to me as a emotional support for you, and I appreciate that. That means no, we're I truly just keep friends. forgetting that we're not sharing the information. So I ask like oh. out of like a genuine curiosity, but that's on me. I should stop asking that because we're not, nobody's getting the answers to that. So I don't even, even if you talk to the staff, they're still not telling you, you know, right. It's so not like we're missing a press conference. We're texting them every yeah. week. Nothing. If Dan different. Mullen won't give it to me. Why would Dan Thompson give it to me? Hmm. It's a great point. I think that's a, I think that's something good for me to think about for the next week until right. we do this again. All right. So I think you got the song of the week. Take us out with your favorite uh, Eric Church song. I can't wait to play that. <laughs> um, let me get some Benny the Butcher. Um, legend. They're good. You've been putting them all over your Instagram recently. I'm excited to listen to it for the first time. I love Benny the Butcher, man. I like it makes inspirational. Um. You know, those guys are special. I don't think it's really commercial music for the average State of Miguel fan, but I used to keep it somewhat commercial on him. But I'm going to go with some Benny the Butcher yeah. because it feels great. Is it rap, R&B? What, talk to me about what, what mood I need to be in. Uh, it's upstate New York rap. So uh, oh. it's like trap music, but New York style. So uh, they talk about a lot of narcotic sales. Um, oh, wow. Okay. A lot of hustling. Um, maybe a little gun violence. Okay. Uh, he has a feature with West Side Gun. You'll hear a lot yeah. of. Boom, 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 boom. Like oh, that wow. type of stuff in the background gets a little crazy. What, 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 is, what is it called? I didn't know that Albany was was like that. Or was he like from Rochester? Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo, boy. I'm excited to hear about his thoughts on chicken wings then. Is that in this song or? Oh, probably oh. one of the older records. Uh, I, don't, I really haven't heard of Buffalo. What is, what is, what is, what is his name, bro? Uh, Benny the Butcher. Spitter, spitter, man. He got a song with Ross on that album that's that's phenomenal, bro. It's, it's a, to me, I so like one yeah. of the best. Yeah, bro, that's a, that's why you like him because he was on the song with Ross, bro. Oh no, nah, I've been, I've been a Benny. I like I like Benny a lot. I like the whole Griselda crew, but I think mm-hmm. Benny's very talented as a, as a. I think the way they set up their music and the way they do a lot of their mixtape is like cinematic. They 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 intertwine a lot of uh, movies into the album covers, and they do a lot of movie scores of like soundtracks and. Hmm. And little clips and stuff. I think that those them dudes are really talented, but I, I don't want to make this a hip hop show. Benny the Butcher, uh, same corner, same time next week, fellas. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Anything straight? Go waiting on you. All right, say less. I got you. Ah. Chris Chris Yo. Yeah. 
Gave my life to the game, had my mama concerned. And made a call when she saw when I got a return. Broke my flow down, they still can't describe in the words. And all the work they say they put in, I gotta confirm. Put my hood in diamonds so you know how my block did it. Gun come with a car fax, you know who I shot with it. Shot with us, you know me and my niggas. Cribs not furnished till a garage get a drop in it. And now I want nothing for free. They ain't know me then, bet they check it now. The best player getting drafted in the seventh round. I learned rules from the streets and wrote them lessons down. I know 155,000 weigh like seven pounds. Said I'ma be a legend soon, shit I'm a legend now. That's real shit. Said I'ma be a legend soon. I'm a legend now. Yeah, 50,000 in the draw at the W with some bitches. And every time I score, it's a W for the villains. I'm somewhere in the hood, elbow rubbing with all the dealers. Saying because of you, we ain't been as comfortable in a minute. I beat a lot of charges. This money, you got a part And I'm a boss, so my hoes too bougie for Olive Garden. Huh. Rap circles round niggas, that's my department. Put a block in the trunk soon as I got tired of talking. Money don't make you solid, it just make you ten times more. Or the person you are before you got it. And all my jewels, VIP drunk, where it's crowded. And I can't call the bitch by a name, cause I forgot it. Let's go. Said I'ma be a legend soon. Shit, I'm a legend now. That's real shit. Said I'ma be a legend soon. I'm a legend now. Yeah. Uh, who can I depend on? Marry the game and death my in-laws. Feds don't got no mercy for a big dog. Kite from my man, he said I'm at where I deserve to be. Jammed up, he about to take the plea for a 30 piece. My heart dropped when they put them TNT fans up. Now we getting caught by them TMZ cameras. Barely made it, we succeeded with the least chances. My team got a will strong enough to beat cancer. Masters and dope. Before that, I had a bachelor's in coke. I'm like Ali, I fight better with my back on the ropes. Labels, I pass them up, it's like they after the float. And my legacy, it's like they want a fraction of both. No, I was good on myself, that's how I'm betting now. <laughs> yeah, said I'ma be a legend soon, but I'm a legend now. Uh, let's go. Checks over chrome, neck boulder stones. Ever since they said I'm going pro, they say I'm the next so and so. But you know how it go. Kobe got his fifth title, and somehow still live in the shadow of Michael. Before it's over, give a nigga his credit. Am I wrong? I want my bouquet when I can smell it. Plug no, give it to me, and I sell it. Just so happens had a hunger for greatness, and I fed it. Parked in the big boy, me and Hit Boy. Before this rap shit, this trap shit had me lit, boy. Yeah. 15 years straight, I was crack selling. Dope boy, made it out the hood. Now that's legend. Ah. Real shit. I'm a legend now. They try to tell me I'm gonna be a legend soon, though. But I'm a legend now.